Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope you all are doing well out there. And welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. But uh, this, uh, oops, uh, pardon me. Sound seems to be working tonight, but let me tell you what's not. <laughs> Anyways, guys, welcome again, welcome again, welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. Today is thir Thursday. Today is Friday, right? We're on, no, today, where are we, guys? I know today is one day for sure, ladies and gentlemen. And be it Thursday or Friday, today is Veterans Day. And uh, I did want to wish you all a happy Veterans Day. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. November 11th, 2022. And I hope you guys are doing well out there tonight. And uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to a great, great show, at least in my purview. But uh, I'll let you guys be the judge of that as we move along. Um, doing a Veterans Day special today, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, Veterans Day. Um, we honor those who uh, went to war ladies and gentlemen, and uh, who uh, fought for our freedoms. And so, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, a momentous day indeed, and uh, we want to make sure to honor it here at the Sea Report. Uh, so, as we get started into tonight, uh, in addition to, um, well, I'm gonna, I would, I found a Oh, I found a nice um, video that I'd like to play for you guys in a sec. But we'll also uh, be talking about, uh, well, we'll have our Trump truth as well. And uh, we, got, well, we got a couple of things in store for you guys tonight. Um, just, you know, I don't know how many of you all might have had the chance to catch the Lone Star State News episode we did this afternoon. Now, today's uh, episode... Uh, took a little bit of a break away from uh, the chaos and the six-ring clown circus that is the 2022 presidential, I mean, sorry, midterm election. Oh, man, I'm already jumping into 2024, y'all. Uh, midterm elections, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, so we went into another clown world this afternoon, and that was the clown world of uh, one uh, Sheila Jackson Lee, ladies and gentlemen, of Houston, Texas, uh, United States Congressional District Number 18 Democrat Representative. I don't know if you all are familiar with Sheila Jackson Lee. I mean, I have to admit that Maxine Waters does kind of take the cake when it comes to crackpot Congress people who uh, seem to have forgotten that they are supposed to be representing, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know, maybe I'm a little bit, um, uh, maybe I'm a little bit uh, um, mistaken. They absolutely, absolutely are representing as they serve in Congress. It's just that, as we all have come to understand, the majority of them, ladies and gentlemen, be they of either party, or of any background, any ethnicity, or either gender, uh, that they, ladies and gentlemen, are serving other interests. Very interesting, don't you think? So uh, the question is, whose interests are they serving? You know, the uh, a wise person once said, follow the money, right? 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're not following the money. So, uh, but I mean, that, this is what follow the money, right? Uh, and we can do that. Um, there are, I mean, uh, who benefits, right? Kibono, all of these things, because uh, ultimately, you know, uh, it, within this box, within a box, within a box, or a puzzle within a puzzle within a puzzle, um, you know, on these many multiple playing fields, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they have hidden the true masters away. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting if at the end of the day, the master running all of these globalist and transhumanist and end of era, end of days, kill humanity was like Hal from uh, Space Odyssey 2000, right? <laughs> it was him all along. It was his program that they've been running on. They followed Powell's plan from Odyssey, uh, Space Odyssey 2000, right? Uh, Stanley Kubrick might have been trying to tell us something, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, nay, ladies and gentlemen, we are not here to talk conspiracy theories, nor are we here to jump down into holes that are dug by rabbits. Not tonight, anyways. Uh, you know, we're still hot on the heels of um, the midterms. It's, it, we are officially election day plus four. And, uh, you know, while we've been adamantly covering, I've been adamantly covering as much information, and there's still so much data out there that I have not even been able to, uh, you know, uh, archive for my own purposes, which is uh, to share with you guys. And, well, you know, we'll get there. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you know, just as we did with Sheila Jackson Lee during the uh, events of... Um, Lone Star State News today. And it was an event, ladies and gentlemen. It was a two-hour Sheila Jackson Lee tag and drag kind of a show. Now, you might be saying tag and drag, Mr. C, but tag and drag at the Sea Report only applies to rhinos. Well, ladies and gentlemen, do you want to know what kind of tagging and dragging we were doing? I had had this epiphany, and, and I honestly wish I had had it prior to ending the show. And that epiphany was with all of the fraud that came out on Sheila Jackson Lee in District 18 in Houston at the hands of the King Street Patriots and Catherine Engelbrecht in the late 2000s. And in light of all of the nonsense and the uh, and the uh, the abrasive disrespect for objective truth and facts, ladies and gentlemen, the brazen hypocrisies. This woman does not win elections. Do you get what we're saying here, guys? That was my epiphany. I was like, you know, the King Street Patriots and Catherine Engelbrecht discovered like, and I was being very conservative on the numbers, guys. Uh, here. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you this article real quick, guys. Uh, I know we're on at 8 p.m. tonight. We are uh, 30 minutes uh, later than normal scheduling, but don't worry, guys. We'll be here for the rest of Veterans Day. That is for sure. Uh, honoring our fallen heroes and those who served, ladies and gentlemen. Honoring our fallen heroes and those who served, and that's why I bring up Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh no, not 
because she served. Oh, I don't know. Did she serve? I have no idea. I know nothing about her personal life. All I know is the nonsense that she says and the uh, unconstitutional criminal legislation that she is constantly trying to pass and the tribulations and the trials that she throws in the face of, um, of, of patriots and individuals who are desperately and effectively attempting to restore our republic. So ladies and gentlemen, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely a Veterans Day special because they fought for our freedoms, ladies and gentlemen. They fought so that these Democrats could destroy this nation. They fought so that these establishment Republicans could deceive the people and join in that destruction, okay? They fought for that. They died for that. They left families behind for that. Families were left behind. The least we could do, the least we could do is fight for this country. And we're not going to pick up a, a machine gun or a rifle. I don't know what they use. I'm not a gun person. We're not going to put that helmet on. We're not going to put that uniform on, you know. But We have to be their cheerleaders and our own as well, guys. We do. We absolutely do. And, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking about Catherine Engelbrecht tonight and the King Street Patriots and their efforts to uh, secure our elections, guys. It, it, this is a story that I think many patriots today should hear. You know, especially in the light of everything that has been happening with True the Vote. Okay. This was nothing really, uh, this instance where they were put in jail. Now, very dangerous, of course. We we have this radicalized federal uh I have to say this again. I don't believe personally in 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 truth, my own personal, I really don't believe the entire establishment of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, is corrupt. I think maybe there are pockets and sects of individuals who have like-mindedness and a same goal and they work together. Whether that's collusion or just teamwork, it doesn't matter. You know, they're not working on Team America's side. All right. They're not working to save this republic. Okay, so I don't care you know, what they call themselves. Point is, I don't think the entire agency is corrupt. I really don't. I think it has a little bit overextended powers. I think a little bit of reformation might be in order, but I don't think that at this point in time that we should just chop off the head of the snake. You know, just as President Trump showed us the way, and people will just, well, I can't believe you said Trump showed you the way. He didn't show just me the way. He showed all of us the way, you know, because as a businessman, ladies and gentlemen, he understands exactly what decisions and consequences are. He can't just 
chop off the head of a federal agency and not expect there to be some type of, you know, consequences. What kind of consequences? Uh, you know, examples. End the Fed. I want to end the Fed like nothing else, you know? Uh, if we just chop that thing off, uh, there's a chance that we could possibly, unless we had enough foresight and our uh, our uh, establishment politicians were not working to sabotage the efforts, right? Because they definitely could do that. They could sabotage the efforts to uh, end the Fed, and then it'll fall back on the people who ended the Fed. And then they'll bring the Fed back, and they'll be a, truly an establishment and a permit. Because, you know, their only establishment, the Federal Reserve Central Bank, and that board of, of, of debt slavers, okay? Those debt slavers, those bankers, okay? They're only an establishment in this country because we let them be. Okay, because we have not realized in our true hearts, we have not seen for ourselves the debt slavery. Do you guys know what debt slavery is? You know, the left is always going to slave this and slave that and, and reparations this and reparations. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please calm down. We are debt slaves, guys. That's what happens when economies collapse. The booms and the busts, ladies and gentlemen. You know, uh... I do not remember where I saw it, but it just tickled my funny bone. And I wish I had saved the freaking article. Someone and someone, maybe someone in the audience saw this article, but someone laid into Paul Krugman like nobody's business and made him look like a fool. And, uh, if this is the same Paul Krugman that does that uh, economic policy that the Federal Reserve runs on, you know, this fiat currency BS. I mean, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Gold is finite, right? But you know, when we need fiat, we could always switch it on. And then we can always switch it off when we don't to live within our means, I mean. And then because we have real liquid money, you know, something that actually has value and does not depreciate every time you print another one of its siblings into existence, right? It's like uh, it's like they say, you can't pay a credit card with a credit card because you accrue more debt. The only people who can do that is the Federal Reserve and their chain of central banks and the IMF, okay? We know what hell they are. We know who they are. We know who the IMF is, the International Monetary Fund. We know their link up with all these banks around the world and in America. And they have been eating the substance out of this nation, just like President Trump said. We could have we could have rebuilt cities, we could have rebuilt bridges, bridges, we could have rebuilt roads, we could have we could have fixed everything. That's how wealthy we are, ladies and gentlemen. We have been stripped and demoralized, and I will not allow us to be stripped and demoralized in the face of these sham elections. We have to take heart, ladies and gentlemen, and we have to remember, we know, we know what they're doing. We see it right in front of them. So we absolutely cannot allow ourselves to parrot the parrots, okay? And we cannot allow ourselves to get into the feels
of what they're projecting at us in their mainstream papers. That is their narrative. What have we learned from Russia and Ukraine? We have learned that the West is a lying sack of you-know-what that propagandize disrespect and are dishonest to the people of America and the world. And it's an entire apparatus that runs between here to the United Kingdom, to Europe, European Union, to the, to the borders of Russia. Ladies and gentlemen, this apparatus runs and all the way through South America into Africa, I'm sure, and all the way down into whatever the heck is going on in Antarctica. Okay, I don't know. That's a rabbit hole I don't got time for, but I'm sure it's important, you know. So anyways, guys, point of the matter is we cannot allow ourselves to get caught up into these things. Seriously, guys. I mean, we saw it happening. You know, it's like when you have a car accident. If you don't see it coming, you freeze up and you really stand to injure yourself. But if by some miracle you are cognizant of an action like that happening and you know what to do, your body, you can... Throw your body limp and and don't get rigid and hurt yourself. You know what I mean? So we saw this coming. So don't freeze up. Okay. Don't, don't get, don't stiffen up. Don't, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, some of us, yes. I mean, it's going to happen. It's natural. But you know what? Those feelings come and those emotions come, right? And we, we need to process them, but we need to release them and we need to move forward. We need to move forward with lawsuits. We need to move forward with new strategy, okay? We need to move forward and, and maybe approach them at other angles that, uh, or maybe just a whole barrage of angles. You know, there are enough people in this world. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. America is not the world. There are enough people in this nation that we could attack them from multiple angles with lawsuits and they would have lawsuits for, it would be a tsunami of lawsuits, ladies and gentlemen. And it could be on any topic and they would get so tied up. And you know what that is? That right there, using their own apparatus, their own corrupt judicial system, because the judges are going to start to look like clowns, just like the politicians do that are stealing the elections right now. And just like the media does, that is assisting them with the steal, ladies and gentlemen. They are so clown right now. It's 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 Sheila Jackson Lee and Maxine Waters and Joe Biden level clowning like it's insane. It's like off this planet. And uh, it, I mean, you know, the very fact that we can see it, the very fact that we can see it. Is enough for us to be able to move forward, ladies and gentlemen. But we have to act. We have to act. We can't just get caught up in our emotions. You know, we have to act. So, yes, a very, very, very. I think it's going to be a good show today, guys. It's going to be a good show. I'm feeling good about today's show. I'm glad you're joining us if you're live with us uh, across multiple streams. Hey, Monsieur Baez, how's it going over there at Twitch? Uh, man, Monster Baez, I have not been ignoring you, but I kind of got in a little bit of a soapbox there. I apologize. I'll be right with you guys at Foxhole in just a sec. Uh, Monster Baez says, if you were standing in Georgia rather than that punchy bum Herschel Walker, you would have been victorious. Mr. Oh, quiet, Monster Baez. I don't live in Georgia. I live in Texas. You know, if I were to run for office, which one would I run for? Hmm. Hmm. 
Trump knew Dr. Oz was a certified. Okay. So strategy on Oz. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to think differently about that. Honestly. Um, Oz was bad. McCormick, I think was worse. Kathy Bartlett was, uh, am I saying her name right? It was Kathy Bartlett or Kathleen Barnett. Uh, I apologize if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, but you, you all know uh, about that story, you know, and uh, I, I wish I had covered that story more here at the Sea Report, honestly. But because this is a very interesting dynamic that happened in Pennsylvania between those three candidates, guys. And you saw the people of Pennsylvania and who they really wanted. And then you saw the uh, X amount of thousands of ballots that came in for Oz and McCormick. And then you saw the X amount of extra ballots that came in for McCormick without dates uh, written in the uh, dateline. Uh, Pennsylvania Commonwealth election law states that absentee ballot envelopes on the dateline must have a signature handwritten by the voter. And that signature must, must match the ballot inside the envelope. They got 3,000 plus ballots for McCormick that had no signatures on any of them. What are the odds that 3,000 voters in Pennsylvania are not going to put a date on the signature line? You know, you know, I just, you know, is that is, I mean, I'm not even going to put a stigma on the demographic that would do such a thing. Okay. Okay. I'm not even going to put a stigma on the demographic that could do such a thing. Cause honestly, I don't think anyone would in the year 2022, considering what happened in 2020. Am I right? You know? So anyhow, guys, Monsieur Bias, thank you for being here with us tonight. Um, let's see here. Uh, before we move on, those clowns were gifts for the Dems. Yes, they were. Thank you, Monsieur Bias. You are right there. McCormick and Oz were both gifts from the clowns. But, but, and I know I stated this. Uh, between Java and my discussion, whenever we were in Pennsylvania, when everyone was hooting and hollering for uh, Doctor, I mean for uh, for Hannity and Fox, remember? You guys remember the little hissy fit I threw? <laughs> Anyways, so um, what do you call it? Uh, we were having uh, Java and I were kind of like uh, not war gaming or strategy. I mean, I. I I don't think at high enough levels to do that. Um, we were uh, we were just kind of like uh, going back and forth about why Trump would have um, endorsed Oz instead of. Uh, I apologize because I'm not saying her last name correct. Kathy B. I'm just gonna call her Kathy B. Okay, y'all know who I'm talking about. Obviously, I scarcely. I think I covered her story like once, and that's why I'm having a hard time recalling her last name. But allow me to stop. Uh, embarrassing myself. Um, so the dynamic there, guys, clearly Pennsylvania spoke up. You saw what they did for her. Oz and McCormick were both uh, establishment characters, obviously. I mean, wait till we get to the end of the show tonight, guys. Anyways, so as I'm saying, as I'm saying, the dynamic here is, and I said this to Java, or maybe he said it to me, but you know, go, if you want to go back, watch the episode, it's there. Okay. On, uh, on rumble and on pilt. Okay. And possibly clout hub. Um, Oz would draw people who loved Oprah. I mean, 
Trump endorsing him was actually detrimental for him getting their vote. <laughs> so in a sense, I mean, but Oz would not have gotten any votes from any real Republicans. You see what I'm saying? So he was like either a lost leader, Oz was for the left as as a as probably a CCA or CAA, right? CA it's CAA because it sounds like CIA. He's probably a CAA, like, uh, uh, you know, signed, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Doctor. I guess doctor, right? Because he's a doctor. Anyways, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to say um, motivational speaker, but then I remembered his speech during the Save America rallies. And I was like, he was not a motivational speaker. Not by far, ladies and gentlemen, not by far. You know, they stand to lose a lot, right? Ladies and gentlemen, since that's starting to crack onto the surface. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about all the casting companies that I thought only existed for Democrats to run Democrats as Republicans. <laughs> now I'm finding out there's casting companies for everything that I see on the internet and on TV. And do you know how that makes me feel? I'm like, I thought they were organic, but you know, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. If you guys went back to the first episodes I did for the Sea Report, I had flags hanging, like Trump flags hanging behind me. Like you could see everything. I mean, you knew it was my uh, freaking loft. Okay. <laughs> that is the Sea Studios, pridefully, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, okay, guys. All right, let's finish up with some of these comments so we can get into some more stuff. Okay. We've got a full show tonight. It is full, 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 full. Awesome, Monster Baez. Awesome. And thank you. Uh, Monster Baez says, you are a hot potato for the establishment, Mr. C. I don't know what that means in UK speak, but that's, I bet you that's a good thing, right? Like you don't want a hot potato, right? Because that means the establishment is like this, hot potato, hot potato. Well, you know, I call myself potato head sometimes. So I guess that's fitting. Thank you, Monster Baez. I appreciate it. And, and if I may say, I, uh, I also, uh, I do prefer uh, I do prefer uh, a potato-based uh, vodka over uh, rye. I'm not rye. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, I'm talking like Belvedere over, over. What is that other one that everyone loves? Anyways, okay. All right. And then, uh, okay. All right. Let me hop over here because you guys are also on fire tonight. Good to see you, Monster Bias. Thanks for being here. Raylanon, good evening, sir. Good to see you, my uh, fellow rhino hunter. Timbajet, good evening. How's it going? And good to see you guys with us. Yeah, sorry guys, we start at 8 p.m. today. We started, are you, well, Timbajet, you're on Truth Social. I posted on Truth Social today, but I mean, obviously I'm not on my social medias all the time, so I wouldn't expect you to see it. It was like, what, probably like 20 minutes before the show? Ah, well, maybe longer. Anyways, uh, let's see, Raja D, good evening. Good to see you. Hope all is well with you as well, ma'am. Awesome and awesome. You guys are awesome. <laughs> is this the conversation you guys were having while you were waiting for the show to start? <laughs> oh my God. Railanon says, this is like waiting for Arizona election results, Mr. C. <laughs> you guys are a hoot. Thank you for the cookie, uh, Timberjet. That's, uh, I appreciate you, sir. Awesome. You guys are hilarious. Okay. And uh, thank you for the 117 gold pills. Sean Joe, what's going on? Thank you for the cookie. All right. We got a whole bunch of repeat offenders in the house today. We're all repeat offenders and we're all, you too, Monster Baez, you're a repeat offender also. 
and you're all, uh, well, we're rhino hunters. I don't know what you got in your neck of the woods. I don't know what they call them in parliament over there. Okay. <laughs> in America, fake representatives, non-statesmen are called, well, Democrats or rhinos. Okay. <laughs> uh, united, they are the uniparty. Okay. All right. Hey, casual GG17. Good to see you, man. Hope you guys are doing well today. Shonjo says, Mr. C, they want us to see the steal. It is them saying F you and you can't stop us from stealing anything we want. I mean, well, obviously they're trying to demoralize us, but uh, that's kind of the glasses half empty view, at least for me, Shonjo. Okay. Um, yes, obviously. That's why they did what they did to uh, Abraham Hamaday in uh, in Arizona and why they're doing what they're doing to uh, to Carrie Lake. I mean, they literally keep on propping up the dead carcass of Katie Hobbs and they keep dragging her and dangling her. They're like, look, the governor, the governor, it's Katie Hobbs, the governor, she's here, she's alive. And, and Carrie Lake's just like, guys, would you please calm down? Does Carrie Lake look like she's freaking out? Has anybody in this audience ever heard of a concept about finding your center? Better yet, finding your calm? Okay. I don't parrot the parrots, guys. Okay. Anyways, so as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> well, I can't help it, Sean Joe, if I get long-winded. That's why I have to avoid the chat sometimes. Okay. But thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will pronounce his name Lazalt if I want to. <laughs> and you know, thank you. Uh, there's Nevada. There's Nevada, guys. There's Nevada, right? There's Arizona, right? Okay, we're still election day plus four. And uh, uh, but you know, guys, think about this. And and as we as we shift into other topics for tonight, and but you know, overall overall arch is of course elections and restoring our republic and and what we the people need to do in order to see that through and let's not forget follow through is usually where people fail okay follow through is usually where people fail right understand that wisdom and find a way to apply it somewhere in your life it doesn't matter where it doesn't even have to be to restoring the republic and see what happens okay see what happens okay all right. And so uh, let's go ahead and uh, OK, so let's let's uh, final thought on elections. Hard, hard thought on elections. Think about what the people of Brazil must be going through right now. Think about the abject demoralization, anger, depression, rage, frustration, dark night of the soul that people who truly believed in their president because they saw what he did for their country, their nation, and their people, and that election was outright stolen from him. They used digital machines. Okay, now let's, let's take a moment because we haven't talked about Brazil and you guys know President Jair Bolsonaro. We are friends of President Jair Bolsonaro here at the Sea Report, even in light of what has um transpired. Now, someone would say, well, that man, Jair Bolsonaro, you know, he, uh, he, he betrayed the people. He conceded. He did not fight. Okay. I'm going to give you guys some context, at least from my little head. Okay. Uh, and here's that. If someone were to ask me, 
what do you think about Jair Bolsonaro? Because he conceded the elections. He did not fight like President Trump. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't keep on and he didn't press forward and he didn't make a stink and stuff like that. I mean, my first answer would be this. I believe every single thing that that man did for his nation, I believe every single thing and every feeling and every action that he shared with his people. And I can see that in a reflection in the people themselves. You guys have seen Brazil turn out for President Bolsonaro, ladies and gentlemen. You have seen him turn out for, you've seen them turn out for President Bolsonaro. They were having, um, uh, they were having uh, these uh, truck um, uh, road blockages for over a week until he finally conceded because the cure, I guess, was worse than the disease. But no, 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 no. I'm not selling out on election integrity. Hear me out, okay? Because there's a different dynamic here than what we have in America with President Trump. And we have a people that are awake, already awake. And not to mention that we don't even know for a fact what the heck is really going on on the ground. I know sources that I turn to, right, tell me about the road blockages. I've heard other stories, but I have not jumped into those rabbit holes because we've had elections. To see everything that happened during the elections, right? You know, everything in the world that transpired, you know, from uh, Virginia Roberts, Jufree, and, uh, you know, uh, what's that guy, Alan Dershowitz, reaching a settlement, right, to more tales of Ghislaine Maxwell and Maximum Security and her happy days, uh, to uh, to President Bolsonaro being beat in the, uh, the runoffs and then the concession, right? Uh, and there was something else that happened, too, that was like, go dang. I mean, there's a few things that have been going on, guys. And, and on top of that, brand new information drops that are worth the damn, okay? So anyways, guys, with that said, think about the people of Brazil and how they feel. And think about what the United States of America, these United States of America, this nation, think about what we symbolize in the world, what we're supposed to symbolize, what we symbolize on, on parchment, right? And that would be, ladies and gentlemen, freedom liberty. And I guess the American dream, as they say, right? And we all have our own understanding of the American dream on on top of or piggybacking onto the general idea of what that is. And that is opportunity, right? And freedom and liberty and, and uh, um, choice, right? Free choice. We are free moral agents here on parchment, right? Because we're still debt slaves, right? Because they own us, literally. And I'm sure it breaks down into some other sub-ownerships along the way somewhere. I don't know how that works. I'm not even going to waste my time trying to figure it out. I'd rather just destroy it. <laughs> I'd rather just destroy it than try and understand it and then stop it from happening. Well, we have to understand it too. That's what's going on with 2020 and 2021. In addition to taking the hard and long road, we're also on the scenic route, learning all the ways that they committed fraud, learning all the tricks inside of all of the uh, legislature and inside of all the laws. And we have now, now everyone's well-versed on all of the precedents and on election law. And we're all well-versed on election cases and suits. We're all aware of how they are uh, stolen. We can see how they do it abroad. Now, I'm not saying that the Biden regime and the Biden administration 
are the ones that stole the election in Brazil because they're not. Um, I really doubt it. I don't know. I don't got the receipts on that, but I wouldn't say hey, Biden's administration is stealing Brazil. I mean, that's kind of a little, I don't know. How would you know that anyways? Okay. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be the example because we're already the example. And if we give up, imagine that the people of Brazil need an example of how to move forward. What do you think this entire process has been, guys? This entire process has been us learning by those who were brave enough to set the example and appropriately said on a day like Veterans Day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. All right. So, uh, you know, Veterans Day is a, it's a very special day, even for, well, I mean, even for me, and I didn't serve guys, you know, I didn't serve. Um, I learned very late in life what America meant to me. And I learned very late in life what freedom and liberty, the concepts, what they really meant to me, you know. And, uh, you know, as some of you guys might recall, you know, I come from an apolitical family, you know, there was, uh, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. So they did not, they did not uh, participate in anything. You know, I was the chubby little boy that did not put my hand over his heart and recite the Pledge of Yes, guys, that's where I come from. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, that's why I say I learned very late in life appreciation for that, you know. And the same can be said about our veterans for myself, um, because, you know, I never felt any 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 ways about veterans when I was younger as a child and literally felt no ways like no feeling like they were just other people to me. You know, they, they there was nothing special about them. There was nothing heroic about them. There was nothing brave and, and, and inspiring about what they do for us, ladies and gentlemen, when I was growing up. And, you know, when I started to realize and I was already marinating in all these raw truths, you know, and and I was I was I was figuring where my freedom and my liberty and my pursuit of happiness fit into all of that. You know, I was like, damn, you know, like, why don't people think veterans? <laughs> and, you know, that's another that's another thing, you know, and and I'll never forget when I was coming to that realization. And I worked in the service industry most of my life. And uh, you now I'm in communications. I've been in publishing also, you know, but like anyways, but like uh, I remember like uh, working in like, say, for example, like a target. Right. And uh as a, as a, as a floor manager, you know, I would set the example. So like, I'd be there, you know, uh, assisting my cashiers and, and if a veteran came through, I would thank them. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget the reactions that I used to get. And you have to keep in mind, oh, well, let me tell you the reaction first. I would thank them and they would just look weird at me. Like they, they had a weird reaction. When I would say, th and thank you for your service, sir. I just wanted to say thank you. And at first they, and this was probably like in the, I don't know, early 2000s or so. And I was like, and, and they would look weird at me. And, and I was like, did I offend them? Like, am I not, <laughs> I was like, am I not supposed to thank the veteran? Like, but you know what it was is that they were not used to being thanked. You know, they were not used to that appreciation, ladies and gentlemen. 
And so uh, I, I just recall that was part of my process in, in understanding and realizing what this nation in America means for me and, and the service and the work that people are doing that are actually doing, that are actually putting their name and their feet in the fire and who are actually taking the bullets and who are actually, you know, risking everything for us. They're risking everything for us. So as I'm saying, guys, you know, it was just so crazy to me that I had this reaction from these veterans. And, you know, in retrospect, when I think about it, um, it do you know what do you know what veterans they were of what war they were? Most of them that I got that reaction from was actually the veterans of the Vietnam War. You know, now the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Day is March 29th you know, but it still should be said, you know, it's so sad that in that era, you know, you had this draft, of course, you had this, uh, this war that was foisted upon by the globalists and the deep state henchmen here in the nation and abroad. But the overall point here, and probably the CIA also, right, but the overall point here is that these veterans in particular, were demonized, by the people because they were brainwashed by the apparatus that is known as the mockingbird media, as the fake news, as the legacy press, as the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, mockingbird propaganda media press, ladies and gentlemen. And that was really one of the inroads that started cracking at the foundation of the pride and the patriotism that we take in this nation and in our armed services and in those people who are the true heroes of this nation, not the politicians, ladies and gentlemen, they don't, they don't go onto the battlefield and risk their family and their lives and their, and their everything. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the people who fight the wars that these politicians send them to. And never should you forget that president Trump stopped, the wars and he did not start any new wars ladies and gentlemen we have not had that in this nation since before i was born i'm sure ladies and gentlemen and i'm getting up there in age okay so um just to, just to put the sherry on top you know like another thing that is special for me about veterans day as well as you know my father was a veteran as well and he did serve in the vietnam war ladies and gentlemen, and he did experience that backlash that came from this, this, this massive like attack on, on, on the, the people who literally defend this nation boots on the ground, you know, and look at where it's gotten to from here. We have freaking transsexuals and transgenders running around on the battlefield and probably trying to hump our soldiers in the foxhole. Like seriously guys, like that's why we can't have pre, pre, pre-op people like that because they need to get their lives together and their emotions fixed before they go and try and fight a war. I'm not saying they can't be soldiers or patriots or serve in some way, but get your house in order first. Figure out yourself first. Don't get on, don't be on the battlefield and suddenly wish you had a penis. Okay. Like that's not going to help us. All right. Logic. Can we at least save our nation first? Can we at least restore the Republic before we get to all these like you know, uh, what is that called? Peripheral issues? Okay, anyways, can we get on with the show, Mr. C? Anyways, so, uh, <laughs> well, to my father, you know, um, Sunday will be uh, the second year memorial of his passing. Um, and uh, 
Well, I, I'm going to share a story with you guys. Well, you know, like, so uh, the whole thing, I mean, I don't want to get into the, the whole start of it, but, you know, uh, thanks to COVID, thanks to the COVID-19 pre-planned pandemic, you know, uh, we were able to push my father's uh, services uh, as close as we could to Veterans Day. And so um, we held it on a Sunday two years ago, and it was in March. Um, well, no, I, duh, I, he passed in March. I'm sorry. In November, because of COVID-19 pre-planned pandemic, again, we were able to hold his services from March until November so that we could be there in attendance with more than three people. Okay. Literally, like literally we're like, no, no, no. Because we also had, we also had an honor ceremony and we had taps played and we had, a. We received his flag and everything, you know, so we wanted there to be a proper send away for my father. So thanks to COVID-19 for waking up all the people with the Internet and giving them the time to do it. And thanks to COVID-19 for providing a very special moment for my father's uh, last moments here on this planet. So, you know, very it's a very special time, you know, and. <laughs> Uh, my sister was telling me about uh, times with my father, and this is this is this is a Trump story, because uh, my father was not a political person. He served his nation. He uh, he served in Vietnam. Uh, that's a whole nother story for another day. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, he, because he had when he returned from the army and he married my mother and. They had children and he started looking for God. You know, it's 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 the same for everyone, I think, whether whatever denomination it is. And, and you know, I understand about the witnesses, guys. OK, I am not a witness and I'm not decrying the people. And I understand the feelings that people have. But this is not about the witnesses. So we're not going to talk about them right now. OK, we're going to talk about my dad. OK, and we're going to talk about Veterans Day and President Trump. And uh, so the. Uh, the memory that uh, my sis had sh shared with me, she and and my dad and my uh, my twin brother, because I was living in Austin at the time uh, during Trump's first administration, they were down here in Bear County, and uh, <laughs> they uh, they would regale themselves with tales of uh, Trump and uh, who's it Kim Jong Il. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the whole thing, because uh, you talk about possibly going to nuclear war and you guys remember how the fake news built that up so much. Right. It built they built that up like it's the end of the world. And, you know, even even uh, even Kim was like, I, you know, I got this red button and you all know how that story goes. And my dad just loved how President Trump would play and troll the media. And he loved how he handled Kim Jong uh, Un. I said ill right before Kim Jong Un. And, and calling him Rocket Man. That was his favorite Trumpism was Rocket Man <laughs> with that fat little Kim guy from uh, North Korea. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, what was he? Uh, and dare I say uh, uh, his favorite yet most shameful moment of Hillary Clinton. Ugh, yes, he had one of those two was uh, it was um, it was uh, what difference does it make at this point? <laughs> And he was like, I can't believe that I'm seeing this on TV. In fact, my dad said, I will not believe anything I see, anything I see until I see that woman in chains. And I prayed that day would come before he passed. But you know what, guys? We carry on, you know? I mean, hello. I mean, 
30,000 plus emails and all of these strange things from Podesta and like, uh, she's still an honorable person? Really? Okay, she's not even dishonored? She's not even tarred and feathered? You know, like, she's, she's still, yeah, monstering around? Anyways, guys, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for being here tonight on this Veterans Day special. It's a Friday night, guys. You know, it's, it's a good night. Uh, we got some stories to tell you, including some Trump truths, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do that, and just to put the wrap-up on today's Veterans Day special. Ladies, where is my where is my old glory? There she is. All right, guys. Just to put uh just to put a, a bow on top, then don't forget in honor of Veterans Day and those who fought and fall, fell for us, a, a Memorial Day, you know, Veterans Day, right? To remember and, and honor and appreciate. We are going to carry on, ladies and gentlemen, okay? We are not going to stop. We are not going to surrender, okay? We are going to continue on the trajectory we found. And like I said earlier, we'll find a million new ways to cut at them if we have to. We'll eventually find the head, okay? We're getting there, guys. We've made more inroads than we ever have at any point in this nation's history and definitely within the lifetimes of many of us present. So, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to share this video with you guys, and uh, on the other side of it, we'll get to the news. But first, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to get you set up for good sound. All right. <laughs> Awesomeness. Okay, cool. And then just real quick, before I forget, where'd you go? Okay, here it is. Excellent. Uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, this video comes from ScrewTube, and uh, it's called Veterans Day slash Memorial Day tribute, right? Uh, and it's come. It comes from a channel called Chris Wasolik. I I uh, do not. Uh, what do you call it? Endorse Chris Wasolik, but I do appreciate uh, uh, this video he created. Enjoy, y'all. I mean, because I don't know him, that's why. Anyways, here.
broadcasting from the
And there we are, ladies and gentlemen, there we are. Our tribute to the veterans today. Really, the whole show is a tribute and an appreciation uh, for what uh, they have done specifically uh, for this nation, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I figured, you know, not, not, not to sound funny or anything, I figured the least I could do, we could do, is give them 15 minutes, right? And uh, they deserve so much more than that. So... Uh, well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, happy Veterans Day again. And uh, as casual Gigi said, many blessings and prayers and thanks to all our vets out there. Thank you, casual Gigi 17 and thank you to all of our veterans and to all of those active, reserve, whatever they may be. Thank you to them all. But today also specifically, thank you to those who served and uh, to our veterans, guys. So... Amen, 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 ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. All right. Well, you know, we've had uh, we we've uh, talked about our veterans. We've talked about our elections. We've talked about you know who, President Trump. Right? Uh, oh boy, man, there's there are just so many uh, fires. I'm trying to keep myself out of right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but you know, maybe that's what my dad loved about this man, right? <laughs> this man went in there and just shook up the establishment like nobody's business, except the business of the American people. And make no mistake, this man was representing the American people. I mean, guys, I gotta say, with not going and dipping too long into this one, you know. I said it on Truth Social, and I'll say it again. Actually, no, what did I say on Truth Social? I think I said something to the effect of uh, President Trump did not not concede 
the 2020 elections to hand his victory to someone else. Sorry, DeSantis. Sorry. Now, uh, I will I will uh, follow that thought up with this. And that thought is, if it were cool with Trump for Pres- uh, Governor DeSantis to be running in 2024, if it were cool with President Trump, if President Trump said, yes, Ron, you should run in 2024, for whatever reason it might be, right? For whatever reason it might be, if President Trump thought it was a good idea, I would be all on board with it. But does it seem that way, ladies and gentlemen? And like I've been saying, hashtag don't parrot the parrots. Who is the one that has created this narrative, right? But you know what? There might be something more to it, ladies and gentlemen. There is something developing, as it were. There's something that has arrived to the shores of uh, our minds and our consciousness, ladies and gentlemen, because we have to be shown, we can't be told, you know? So uh, the whole DeSantis thing, I'm starting to see a whole bunch of things now. And I'm like, why didn't we see these things before? Was it possibly because no one was looking? Possibly, right? And you'll see that as a theme throughout tonight's show as well. When we get to the Catherine Engelbrecht portion of tonight's show, she says the exact same things about the elections and the state that they're in and how they've become institutionalized. Because no one was supposed to ask the questions and no one was supposed to see anything. So what happens when they start to see something, say something, but worst of all, what happens when the people start to do something, right? Ask Sheila Jackson Lee in District 18 in Harris County, Texas, Houston City, county seat. All right, ask Sheila Jackson Lee what she had to do when Catherine Engelbrecht came to town and was fed up with the way they were running elections in Harris County. More on that later. Actually, you know, we've st- we've told some of the story, and I mean, I, I kind of started off the episode with that story as well, but you get the point, ladies and gentlemen. Ask Sheila Jackson Lee. She'll tell you all about it if she can manage the words. <laughs> Awesomeness. Hey, Sean Joe, welcome back. Welcome back. Or not welcome back, but uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, you were away. Uh, he said, um, hi, Rajadi. I was away, so I could not answer. Yeah, Mr. C can... <laughs> Are you calling me a bovine? <laughs> Mr. C can bloviate for sure. Is that is that like a Russell Brand word? I've never heard of the word bloviate, right? Lent me ejaculate in a bloviations and extemporaneous speech and such grandiose and uh, spectacular vocabulary, such as to 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 wow and spectacularize the minds without using the same spectacularization of a word three times. Anyways, okay. Uh, that guy, we'll leave him out of the conversation. It's not about him. Okay. Uh, and thank you for the cookie, Sean Joe. (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard the word bloviate. Thank you. You just uh, actually added to my vocabulary. Uh, quick, uh, Monser Baez is bloviate a thing in the United Kingdom. (laughs) I've never heard such a word. Anyhow. Okay, guys, back on with the track point being. If President Trump is running in 2024, personally, because I have seen and experienced the man's track record, okay? Personally, sorry, DeSantis. Sorry. 
you know, and, you know, even in the house, you're starting to see, uh, what did I tell you guys? What did I say? The closer we get to restoring our republic, the more rhinos we're going to see. And we're going to start to see some of our heroes come out to be rhinos. And we're going to start to see some people that we thought were on the good guys. We thought they were the Save America team. We thought they were the Make America Great Again, Save America, America First team. But you know what they were? They were ultra MAGA. That's what they were. Just kidding. I don't know if they're ultra. Probably actually. <laughs> Uh-oh, I pushed ultra MAGA. Actually, you know, it's because I'm glad we didn't go with dark Trump. Okay, whoever thought about that as a good patriotic idea, Eric Greitens. <laughs> let's go kick down the doors. Let's hope we have our warrants and let's brandish all these guns and make us look like crazy maniacs. You know, it just assists the left in their narrative. I'm not saying don't play with guns. Okay, I'm not saying that Eric Greitens is uh, working for the CAA. <laughs> I'm not saying any of these politicians aren't actually actors the whole time since the 1970s. Oh, what's America going to do, ladies and gentlemen, when that crap really reaches the soul? And I don't mean crap in a derogative way. I mean, the fact of the matter is the situation here is really poopy, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that's what I mean by it. Okay, more on that later. For those of you who know, you know, okay. Anyways, so, uh, but but we're, we're going to get to that. Okay, we will get to that. Uh, okay, so uh, as I was saying, you know, we're starting to see like a uh, separation of, you know, well, I mean, you know, the, the whole narrative has always been that uh, the Patriot community, whatever that is now, right, has always been divided. Now, I know Patriots, but I said the Patriot community. And I know I know beautiful communities of Patriots individually, but I mean as a sum total, right? Like the whole, from oh, excuse me, from California to New York, right? You know, from, uh, from uh, Montana to Florida or, you know, from Washington to Florida, right? There we go. That's That's the right one right there. You know, from Minnesota to Louisiana, Wisconsin, right? You know, all the way down and around Alaska. Don't forget about Hawaii, you know, and I guess we can throw in the territories. But ladies and gentlemen, the point of the matter is <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that has been the narrative has been division. Okay. So unity has been a word I think we've heard less and less and less and less of, right? But you know what we should do, guys? We should not even worry about divisions. We should not even technically worry about unity for the moment. What we should be concerned with, and I would have to say, I totally agree, is getting some perspective. And now I think maybe come Monday when some of the fog is cleared and, and hopefully it's not election day plus six or seven, you know, six. It's not election day plus six by Monday. Well, I guess it would be seven, wouldn't it? Anyways, guys, hopefully that's not the case, but I feel maybe by Monday, some of the fog of this, um, well, let's just call it, it was, it was a well-executed psychological operation against real patriots. Cause now we got the fake ones showing us who they are. Did you guys notice that? Now, I'm not saying any names and I'm not saying any politicians and I'm saying, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, are you paying attention? And if you're not picking up any of this, well, good on you. Cause you're probably not locked up in that. Now, here's the thing, guys. 
I'm sure all of you all have seen the list circulating throughout the interwebs of the RNC's choice of selection, their candidates that they've chosen. I mean, among among that list, we have uh, Mike Pompeo. You know, we have uh, we have um, we have Governor DeSantis. You know, uh, we have Christy Noem. We have there's a whole list of uh, the, uh, Lauren Bobert. You know, like they're all they're all like all of our heroes are on that ticket. Just about, I think it's interesting. Now, see how the people on that ticket act, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Gates, Carrie Lake, and even though I haven't seen or heard it for myself, but I'm almost sure Marjorie Taylor Greene are all still backing Trump. Anyone correct me if I'm wrong, please, because I, I really haven't checked into... I know Matt Gates has said Trump. I know Carrie Lake has said Trump, okay? So... You know, President Trump leads here at the Sea Report, except for on Veterans Day. Okay, so <laughs> please forgive me, sir, but like you know, the veterans had to come first today. Okay, even before the elections, and we still talked about elections before the veterans. Okay, so <laughs> totally got off track, right? Got long-winded there for a minute, but uh, <laughs> another way of saying long-winded. Okay, I'm uh, Sean Joe. If you prefer, I could just not pay attention to the audience. I'm just playing, guys. I wouldn't do that to you. Anyways, guys, so getting back into this, yes, uh, uh, Sean Joe, you'll notice I am not the person that says long story short and then continues for three hours because I know my story is going to go for at least three hours. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that gives me a twitch, y'all. But anyways, and I'm not talking about the website. Uh, okay, so... Um, all right, guys, with that said, President Trump leads here at the Sea Report. You need to hear the words of your president, and I will qualify it for the masses by saying whomever that might be. Okay, at this particular hour, on this particular day, in this particular year, at this particular time, it is this man on the screen. Make no mistake about it. Okay, if anything, 2022 has shown us that 2020 was accurate in our assessment and their big lie. You know, what was I getting to the point earlier about, you know, all of us, there, there's so many of us, if all of us just cut them up with lawsuits, like, I mean, if I mean like millions of them around the nation, we are many, they are few, right? And so, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, just think about that. I want all of this to marinate in our souls tonight. You know, even, even if it gets there in this hour, it would be great. And, uh, we carry on, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to our President Trump truths for tonight. Here's the first one. Young Kin. Now that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? In Virginia, couldn't have one without me. I endorsed him. Did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically got make America great again to vote for him, or he could not have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it, besides having a hard time with the Dems in Virginia, but he'll get it done. <laughs> Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Uh, what, what spotlight is President Trump putting on this man? I don't know the story of young Ken. Do regale me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, or I'll regale myself. I, I tend to do that quite often, y'all. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, President Trump says, we won. Pelosi is gone. We take Congress and if we can stop their very obvious cheating. Thank you, guys. We, we saw the car coming before it hit us, guys. 
We should have been relaxed, all right? We should have found our center. We should have found our calm. We, uh, it says, uh, and if we can stop their very obvious cheating, we'll also take the Senate. Big victory. Don't be stupid. Stand on the rooftops and shout it out loud. He said that 14 hours ago, guys. <laughs> Anyways, here, let me uh, retruth that as well. I should put, he said that 14 hours ago, live from the C studio. Just kidding. We're just going to retrieve it. Okay. It says here, I had such great success on endorsements, perhaps success like no one has had before, both for Republican nominations and the general election itself. And I continue to get fake news, rhino and radical left criticism, but seldom congratulations or praise. That's the way it is. And that's the way it will always be until we route these mothers out, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't mean child having humans, okay? I mean these tre treasonous people. Anyway, the last statement from President Trump tonight, ladies and gentlemen, goes this way. The Democrats are finding all sorts of votes in Nevada and Arizona. What a disgrace that this can be allowed to happen. Yeah, interesting enough, and, and I'm not saying that this is actually happening, but I mean, hey, you know, we don't see air, but we breathe it, you know. Uh, we don't see the DHS in our elections, but they're there, right? I mean, I don't know that this is happening, but I would... I would be like, maybe that's why the DHS is there, actually. Maybe the, I mean, because the DHS is already in some of the elections in our nations. And that's already a huge problem, right? We all need to track receipts on that. But ladies and gentlemen, as we shared with you guys, they had, they had a whole fresh set of boots on the ground for these elections, like 26 cities, Democrat strongholds. Maybe they were there to, uh, I don't know, to, uh, mask or to hide the fraud as well as they could from other eyes that might be watching those elections. But, you know, again, as we uh, shared last night, the gateway pundit or the gatekeeper, whatever they are anyways. Okay. Um, whomever they are, whatever they are, you know, whatever they are, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm really going to have to start writing my own articles now, guys. Jeez Louise, there are not enough hours in the day. I don't know how some people do it. Honestly, I really don't know. Anyways, and they have families, people. You know, all I do is the show and clean the toilet bowls. I cook sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, as I was saying, with this uh, Nevada and Arizona, yeah, they're, yeah, it's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute disgrace. It's a shame it's happening. It's happening again. And it happened in 2020. It validates everything. Okay. It validates everything. Yeah, Sean Joe says that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is married to Trump. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, ramblings are fun. You know, I mean, I've been in rambly mode because of these elections, guys. So <laughs> that's why. Okay, guys. So that was our last statement from President Trump for this evening. Now I would like to turn our attention uh, to our next story. A next, uh, uh, well, you know, 
I would say Catherine Engelbrecht is an unsung hero in America, and she is by and large. You know, there are many unsung heroes in this battle, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, credit where credit is due. I keep, you know, I don't want to make that too, uh, too redundant, but, you know, appreciation where appreciation is due. I mean, hello, you know, uh, you talk about, you talk about, um, and I, I understand that core audience will know I'm not diminishing, you know, uh, the service that our veterans have done for us when I say this, and I'm pretty sure everyone gets it, but I just, I don't know why I feel like I have to clarify that. But, you know, if you consider boots on the ground, right? If, if our veterans fought in wars with literal boots on the ground and guns in hands, someone like Catherine Engelbrecht and many, many others who are going unnamed and unnoticed, right? Um, are all unsung heroes who currently have their boots on the ground and the guns. You know, do you know how many American people are doing this? I said, there are many, many, many. Do you know how many people were on that Texas lawsuit guys? I mean, it was like, I'm sure more than a dozen to two dozen about uh, Texans. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things, guys, but uh, these are the names that history will remember, right? If and when. <laughs> Screw if. There is no if. There's always an if. No, it's when we restore our republic, guys. So uh, I would say, you know, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, like many others, is a uh, is a soldier on the ground fighting for election integrity and incidentally maybe not so incidentally ladies and gentlemen uh she's been doing this for quite some time as we have all come to uh discover recall remember or learn ladies and gentlemen um Catherine Engelbrecht has been in the uh fight for our elections integrities in Harris County Houston County seat, Texas, uh, for um, well over a decade, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, currently she is, of course, as everyone now uh, can identify, uh, really the she is the founder and the president of True the Vote. And everyone knows True the Vote now, which is good, right? Because they're fighting for our elections. Okay. Um, so... We're going to talk a little bit about Catherine Engelbrick's story tonight. And uh, I wanted to start with uh, the King Street Patriots, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the King Street Patriots. We've mentioned them here in reference to uh, Catherine Engelbrick's uh, uh, past track record of election integrity, fighting uh, for the security of elections, exposing fraud. I mean, the story with Sheila Jackson Lee in District 18, like 2008, 2009, that is a phenomenal story. It's insane what happened. It's almost like something you would see in a movie is what happened in Houston, Texas in District 18 in 2008 and 2009 with Sheila Jackson Lee and Catherine Engelbrecht and the King Street Patriots, guys. It was, it, that was like really like, stellar like made for tv type of events i mean we're talking like massive amounts of fraud lawsuits uh and and then an entire elections warehouse that burns down destroying all of the evidence that is sheila jackson lee she does not win elections guys she's selected and installed in them okay and they have the entire cheating apparatus in harris county and they're currently obstructing investigations in Harris County into election, very likely criminality. But I would, you know how they say, 
Hey, Judge Lena Hidalgo of Harris County, you know how they say that the cover-up is always worse than the crime? I guess they didn't teach you that, right, on your Democrat programs. Uh, anyways, so uh, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know, I do got to say one thing about Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh, I actually, I guess I can't say that Sheila Jackson Lee burnt down that elections warehouse that had the tabulators, et cetera, and everything that they needed. But I will say she did have a pretty good idea by burning down that uh, those tabulators, right? As uh, Revolt 84 in the audience says, more machine, move the machines into the streets. Can't say they are in government buildings. Remove government infrastructure, LOL. Oh, okay. Oh, you want yeah, th throw the throw the placenta and the water out and the baby with the bathwater. Okay, why don't you? I mean, that's what I was saying earlier, and I did not finish this point actually about you know chopping off the head of the serpent. What did we learn from President Trump? He uh, take the manufacturing and the business. He weaned us off of with those regular. He deregulated and weaned us off of things, ladies and gentlemen, so that we would not have, we would have a buffer if there were any effects in the markets. So as a businessman, he knew that and he knew how to do that, right? So yeah, we, we can't just throw everything out, but I, I know you're joking over there. I saw the LOLs revolt. Good to see you in the audience, friend. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, getting back into the story of Catherine Engelbrecht and the King Street Patriots. Uh, let's start here. Are you guys ready? This is actually, I was surprised how much Breitbart actually covered Catherine Engelbrecht and Sheila Jackson Lee. And I'm sure in part because of Catherine Engelbrecht and her efforts, that's why Sheila Jackson Lee got as much, uh, eyesight and coverage as she did, right? Here's the story on the road with the King street Patriots of Houston, Texas. It says the left is uh, in high dungeon here in the 18th Congressional District in Houston, Texas. Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, a longtime left winger, has held this seat since 1995 and she is not going to go away quietly. She is quite upset at the gall of a new conservative group that launched a poll watching effort in her district. In fact, Lee is so incensed that she has insisted that the Department of Justice launch an investigation of the King Street Patriots on trumped up charges that they have been harassing Hispanic and black voters. You guys, if you learned anything about her, <laughs> she loves to play that race card. That one does. Uh, Lee has claimed that uh, these all-volunteer Tea Party-inspired poll watchers have been intimidating minorities and has helped spread the false accusation that some shadowy outside group has been funding them to target Houston's minority voters. Oh, my goodness. Okay, all I got to say is uh, on some of this terrible information, uh, do you see how they used the Tea Party against... Catherine Engelbrecht and the uh, King Street Patriots. I mean, they'll do that, right? They will use patriotic movements against themselves, right? Against themselves. But ladies and gentlemen, when you have a uh, former major general of psychological operations leading the charge, calling for a bloody revolution on the uh, streets of on the streets of Washington D.C. or at the Capitol, uh, which actually, I'm like, wait, wait, wasn't that the false flag Capitol right of January sixth? Uh, Valerie, or what did you were you behind that psyop too? Where are you not behind Valerie? Anyways, Valerie, who basically took over, you know, the Tea Party, okay, and started talking about all this violence. And I get it, you know, he's he's senile, he's old, he's off his rocker, 
you know, he he's so senile, he forgets not to admit that he trained the Free Syrian Army and uh, that he trained all the, the terrorists over there to go and try and overthrow, uh, you know, the president of Syria. Right. And that was a CIA and a deep state and a military industrial complex operation. And I'm pretty sure Obama had something to do with that, too. So it was also globalist. OK, yeah, I mean, hello, regime change. Michael Bolton, uh, yeah, we commit regime change in other countries. If we don't like a president or your politicians, we'll put in a body that we approve. Not his words exactly, but basically that's exactly what he said. I should say he admitted on international television, national television. It was all over the world. Anyways, what a moron, right? So, uh, yeah, getting back to this article, guys. Yeah, I just love providing context and stuff. But anyhow. Uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, let's see. As, as I have found out though, the truth is far from that far is far different than the overheated claims of the extreme left to see for myself what the heck is going on in Harris County, Texas. I hopped a flight from Chicago's O'Hare and winged my way to the Magnolia city to visit the, to visit with Catherine Engelbrecht, chief cook and bottle washer of true the vote and member of the King street Patriots. Some may recall that Engelbrecht made news back in September when she discovered that a former member of the Service Employees International Union, SEIU, had registered over 23,000 fraudulent voters in Texas. I found Catherine Engelbrecht and her volunteer patriots to be gracious hosts, but more importantly, they are a group of true Americans entirely excited to be part of this election cycle. Many have never involved themselves in politics before the era of Obama, but all are dedicated to see this election through to a fair and legal conclusion. A fair and legal. Because we are in what? We are in a constitutional republic. If we don't respect the rule of law, then why do we have a constitutional republic, right? True the vote's self-avowed enemy is, of course, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. A famous, uh, a, a person who is famous for many fine historically challenged speeches, such as the one where she said we have two Vietnams living side by side. The one where she said that all Tea Party members used to wear sheets, but now wear Tea Party clothing, whatever Tea Party clothing might be. And who once famously asked where we could go to see the American flag that Neil Armstrong planted on Mars. As mentioned, Lee has tried uh, to use the iron boot heel of the federal government like they all do in an attempt to trap down the enthusiasm of these invigorated conservative-minded citizens. But Engelbrecht and the King Street Patriots are not taking her attacks lying down. The group filed an answer to the slanderous charges in a Houston court on Friday. The Liberty Institute has come to the aid of these patriots who have been attacked by the George Soros-funded Open Society Institute, as well as the Texas Democrat Party. As a matter of a fact, corporations cannot sue individuals for defamation. This attack is baseless, said Kelly Shackelford, president and CEO of Liberty Institute, which represents Catherine Engelbrecht and the King Street Patriots. All these attacks are clearly an attempt to bully and silence and probably make them broke, right? A group of volunteer citizens who are just trying to keep the election process honest. This is pure desperation by a Democrat party everyone knows is not doing so well. 
Engelbrecht went on to say, although I'm disgusted by these attacks, I'm not deterred. Our work in Houston and our vision for a fair and free election in every county of the nation continues. These lawsuits are exactly the kind of abuse of disrespect for citizens that got our political leaders in trouble. We will not be intimidated by partisan attacks, by the Democrat Party, or by anyone. During the press conference to now their countercharges, True the Vote and King Street Patriots gave their own experiences of the harassment, pardon me, of the harassment they faced at the hands of Democrat poll judges and minority community leaders. One True the Vote poll watcher was accused of being too white to be allowed to watch the polls in one of Houston's minority districts. Another was physically manhandled by a Democrat judge, and others were yelled at, verbally abused, and had the safety of their families threatened by so-called black clergymen of the city. King Street Patriot poll watcher Shirley Andres said she saw clerks and Democrat judges literally showing hundreds of voters how to vote by assisting them how to vote a straight Democrat ticket. Andres said she witnessed one clerk sharply rebuke a voter that apparently did not vote to the clerk's satisfaction. He was like, the fires of Haiti are going to come down on you, right? That clerk then ordered the voter back to the booth to vote the straight Democrat ticket. That is Houston, Texas for you guys. That's Sheila Jackson Lee's District 18, guys. And you know, you know, guys, I bet you, and I'm not saying this is true, but I'm just speculating here. All right. I'm not going down a rabbit hole, I promise. But I'm just speculating, just like they do in Yuma County, Pennsylvania, where you like basically have a cartel. You know, it's all families, right? I bet you the people who are bullying and clerking are probably somehow related to and or in cahoots. And I'm not saying that they're all black. I'm saying that they're all operatives. Okay. Don't, don't get so, uh, don't get it twisted. My racist friends out there, the ones who are like, ah, you're racist. You know, they're probably going to label that episode on Sheila Jackson Lee racist from Lone Star State News just because there's just, it's a twofer, guys. You know, we focused on her ridiculousness today to kind of take off some of the pressure that we've been feeling uh, as we carry on and move forward and we don't stop, right? And uh, we'll focus on her legislative follies uh, in the next part, which will come sometime in the very near future. Anyhow, so getting back to this story, isn't this an interesting history, guys? I just wanted to I just wanted to bring this up to us. I mean, I feel like in the situation where we're at right now, you know, with these elections for all people associated with uh, with with genuinely, genuinely, genuinely doing what they can and wanting to restore this republic. Self-interests be damned, okay? Self-interests be damned, okay? You know? And so uh, with that said, you know, why not, why not bring to light some of these stories that really show a track record you know, this is just the first one, guys. And these are these are stories we never heard, even though we now know about Catherine Engelbrecht and about True the Vote and Greg Phillips. But I mean, you know, this was happening here in Texas, guys. I mean, I've been on I've been on Lone Star State News uh, since Father's Day 2021. So we've been on for over a year. Not we, we took a couple of months off. Right. But anyways, but like, um. Point being, like I, I was not even really aware of how deep, you know, because I mean, 
there are, again, not enough hours in the day and not enough uh, people who think like me. I mean, there might be another person who looks like me out there, but he definitely don't think like me. Anyways, okay. Uh, so, returning to this article, ladies and gentlemen, let's finish her up. So we see all of these things happening to the King Street uh, Patriots members there. It says an entire raft of left-wing groups are focusing attention on Houston in order to attempt to put the King Street Streeters and Engelbrecht and her true the vote effort into ill repute, maybe even criminal convictions if they can wrangle it, which they finally manage. That brings another question to me. Actually, how many judges on the inside have been trying to get these two, or I should say at least Catherine Engelbrecht? I mean, Greg Phillips wasn't associated with them at this time. As far as I know, I could be wrong. Not my story to tell, but I'm sure what I'm trying to say is I'm sure the courts recognize the name Engelbrecht. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say, right? I guess if I could find my words, right? Here we go. So uh, let's see here. Maybe even criminal convictions if they can wrangle it. In a further article, uh, I will detail some of these efforts. I did not write this. Now I feel like I, since he wrote it in the first person, I need to uh, credit him. It's from Breitbart. But regardless of the supercharged left-wing attack machine revving up to malign these fine folks, they are charging full speed ahead. This group is a model of how we on the right need to approach our elections from now on. How about we Americans, right? The fact is that some Americans have stolen a 40-year march on us all in this sort of election organizing. That's what I'm saying. If uh, Yuma if Yuma County, Arizona has a cartel running it, I'm sure 40-year march on organizing elections. And uh, what did Biden say again about uh, getting together the most extensive and diverse election fraud syndicate or group or organization together ever known to man? 40 years, guys. Well, I mean, that's a pretty hard number for election fraud occurring or election organizing. But uh, it says they've been stealing elections, intimidating voters and getting out their vote for decades, mostly without anyone even watching. But new groups like the King Street Patriots are finally taking the field to hold these left wing thugs accountable for their actions, shining a light on their fraud and deceit. But we need to do more, conservatives. We can no longer simply ignore politics until election day and merely cast a vote without paying attention to what the left is trying to do to this country otherwise. It is crunch time. If we don't create, if we do not create our own groups all across the country, we'll deserve the destroyed country we will inherit. The King Street Patriots and True the Vote should serve as a model to be repeated in every state, every district in the union. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, this article was written on October 30th, 2010. The time is now. It's crunch time. Warner Todd Huston is the writer of that article. Since he put it in first person, I mean, I, you know, that makes me feel because I didn't write it. Anyways, oh, here's here's just uh, <coughs> excuse me. Here's just that photograph and headline of Sheila Jackson Lee urging the feds to investigate true the vote. <laughs> 
Uh, there was a linked article in that uh, previous article to this story, but I just want you guys to see Sheila talking with this uh this little this little gremlin Geitner, right? Please, Geitner, you're not the DOJ, but can you please, can you please attack? Oh, it's the IRS. That's why. That's why she went to Greitner, because they suck the, they suck, they suck, they, they sent the IRS after them. They sicked them on them. That's what I was trying to say, but that sounds funny to me. Anyways, and that's what that was about. That's why Sheila didn't go to the Justice Department, because uh, that would be unlawful. They're trying to stop me from committing committing crimes in Houston, DOJ. Let me go to uh, the Federal Reserve Central Bank. And let me send that unconstitutional uh, agency known as the Internal Revenue Service over to Houston. And let me get them on Catherine Engelbert. And while we're at it, let's continue to target conservative nonprofit groups. That is what was going on. That's why Catherine Engelbert went to Congress and testified in a hearing about the attack on conservatives across America at the hands of people like the IRS, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Next story. Texas Patriots facing the left's smear machine. All right. So uh, talking about the King Street Patriots again. True the Vote made news early this month. Uh, we're hopping off over to True the Vote, I think. No, no it's still King Streeters. Uh, so True the Vote made news earlier this month when initi uh, Initiative Chief Catherine Engelbrick discovered that a former Service Employee International Union, SEIU member, had turned in over 23,000 fraudulent voter registration cards. Do you guys believe that this type of activity is not occurring in major cities across America, like Detroit, like Philadelphia, right? How about anywhere there are major union activities where uh, maybe they can get threatened by their superiors or something like that? I don't know how that works because I don't yeah, do unions anyways. So uh, Texas really doesn't do unions. I mean, they're here. Obviously, SEIU. I mean, they're here. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Anyways, anywhere I ever worked, they were not for unions. But anyways, anyways, it was all it was all corporate stuff anyways. So Engelbrecht and the King Streeters then decided that they would initiate a grassroots poll watching effort to make sure that the election was fair and all the laws and regulations were properly observed. By the reaction of the well-organized, heavily funded left, you'd have thought the King Streeters had proposed shooting puppies or maybe saving uh, still life births, right? Oh, wait. Yeah. Anyways, got it. Okay. let me just stay on the ball here, guys. I'm, I'm starting to sound a little loopy uh, by the reaction of. Uh, OK, we saw uh, Engelbrecht and the King Streeters fanned out across Harris County to observe and report, if necessary, any improprieties they encountered at voting places, many in minority communities. The reaction was quick and virulently negative. The left-wing rumor site TPM recently posted a piece full of innuendo about the finances of the King Street Patriots, attempting to sway people to believe that some shadowy backroom conservative groups simply must be funding them because it just can't be. That's how we do it in the Democrat Party. How are they doing it? TPM cites KSP, the King Street Patriots, uh, report that the uh, $87,000 it has raised over the last few months has almost all come from donations from its grassroots supporters. This rings true in this world of newfound conservative activism this year. Many reports have discovered that Tea Party groups and first-time GOP candidates have been funded for the large part 
by small donors and grassroots activists. The King Streeters are no exception. The fact is the King Street Patriots re uh, really is entirely made up of grassroots volunteers. No one in any position of power here is from any outside organization and no one inside is making money off this project. In fact, the $87,000 they brought in amounts to little more than subsistence funds that quickly went right back out of their accounts to pay for supplies, t-shirts, printing, phone lines, electric bills, and rent for the storefront office they've set up. This is no high rolling effort for sure. Still, the charge that tons of money is being supplied by shadowy sources is quite interesting coming from the left. After all, one has but to recall the billions that MoveOn.org, George Soros, and other left-wing groups have supplied to lefty organizations, not to mention the millions that Congress gives every year to the Nazis in Ukraine. Just kidding, guys. This article is 2010 or 2011. Okay. Uh, it says correctly, <clears throat> not to mention the millions that Congress gives every year to legally troubled groups like ACORN on top of the various taxpayer-funded public employee unions that supply millions to the left every year. And you have quite a hypocritical charge. It might as well have been Sheila Jackson Lee who said it, right? The left is highly organized and extremely well-funded, yet these folks have the gall to complain that a gaggle of patriots dug deep into their pockets and donated $87,000 to keep the doors open and the lights on at the King Street Patriots office. The hypocrisy is too rich to deny. But the seriousness of the charge is always far more important to the left than the truth. If the left can foster doubt They've already won half the battle as far as they are concerned. Dramatic pause, ladies and gentlemen. What great insights we're getting out of this article that's more than a decade old, right? If the left, it says, if the left can foster doubt They've already won half the battle as far as they're concerned, even though people like me are like, no, they didn't. Doesn't matter what I think. That's what they think, you know, and uh, that's what they need. And you amplify that with your MSM and all of your whatever the heck is going on out there. And uh, well, and all of these. No, no, no. Let's say you amplify that with your fake news media and all of these conflicting views. OK, and. You just wear out the people, basically. I mean, there are already so many of us that aren't engaged, and I don't mean like us in the patriot community. I mean, I mean, yeah, well, but I mean, like in the world, in the nation, there's already you know all these people are already not engaged, you know. And then for the people who are actually fighting for it, you know, they're gonna try and wear us out, you know. Let's keep in mind, right? Right? We're gonna we're gonna pull off a rocky here, right? Is that still a is that still a, a good reference, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna take them down in like the fifteenth round or something like that. Anyways, I mean they're beating us, they're battering us, they're you know basically destroying all of our internal structures, <laughs> our freedom, our liberty, our privacy, right? Our right to uh, fair trials. Mm -hmm. They're battering our insides, right? And the banks are eating out our substances by devaluating our currency and uh, and and the the politicians by sending out manufacturing and uh, and turning off energy and doing all that stuff in, in industries. Yeah. 
Yeah, all of this a clamor. And then we have an idiot in office who's just probably he's just doing the job that he's told to do. And I'm I'm not making excuses or pardons for him. I'm, I'm it, literally he's just doing the job he's told to do. <laughs> he can't help. He's an idiot doing it. Uh, anyhow. Yeah, interesting insights. Gotta got love it, guys. Got to love it. As it happens, TPM's piece is mild by comparison to the reaction to the King Streeters evinced by the local media, the leftist bloggers, and local left-wing community groups. Like TPM's calls for KSP, the King Street Patriots, to release its list of donors is a common refrain. Naturally, these same highly funded lefty groups in Houston have not released their donor list, so one wonders what all the sound and fury is all about. Lefty Texas groups such as Houston Votes, the website American Independent, and the Lone Star Project, not the Lone Star State News. I don't know why I said it again. Anyways, the Lone Star Project have not released their donor lists, yet these people have gone apoplectic over King Street Patriots' desire to keep its own donors' names and addresses confidential. So yeah, what was that? Houston Votes, American Independent, and the Lone Star Project, Lefty Texas Groups. Guys, next week, I'm going to show you guys a Rhino Texas group. Yeah, because I... We'll talk about that next week. Okay, all right. So as we go on here... As local conservative Texas blogger David Jennings says, it is interesting that these left-wing groups are attempting to force King Street Patriots to reveal its donor list. After all, these lefties are employing the same tactics that the KKK used against its enemies in the 1960s. I mean, they are of the same party, right? Same cloth, pun intended. The KKK actually went to court because they claimed the right to donor lists of the NAACP so that they'd have the names and addresses of donors in order to target them for harassment. The courts disagreed and said that the donor lists could legally remain secret. Naturally, the lefty media is also into the act. 18th District Representative Sheila Jackson Lee has made news with her unsubstantiated allegations that the King Streeters have inflicted intimidating tactics against African Americans and Latinos. The media have dutifully reported Lee's claims without bothering to ask after Lee's proof. One wonders why Lee's electioneering outside a polling place has not become big news during this kerfuffle, though, as this video shows. I'm going to save this one for the next Sheila Jackson Lee episode on Lone Star State News. So that's when we'll see that video. Uh, but uh, undoubtedly, the evidence is there. The local radio media is also pushing the anti-streeters meme. For its part, Houston's uh, for its part, Houston's inner city radio station, Magic 102.1 FM, is giving free soul food to voters who turn out to vote for Sheila Jackson Lee. Other inner city Houston minority oriented talk shows have for days been furthering the unsubstantiated stories about whites intimidating inner city voters as well. Other local notables, uh, oops, excuse me. Other local notables are also on the attack against these grassroots folks. A well-known local attorney named Craig A. Washington placed a warning to his friends on his Facebook page, telling them that they all needed to get counter poll watchers to the polls. Uh, 
Ordinarily, I'd applaud his civic engagement, but true to his leftist roots, Washington took that one little extra step toward threatening violence against those with whom he disagrees that is all too common with the left. I'll reproduce it just how he wrote it, and I apologize in advance for the all caps, but that is just how he wrote it. The bold is my emphasis. Urgent, urgent, urgent. We need people starting tomorrow to get to each early voting place to watch the poll watchers. Perfectly legal, preferably persons who cannot be intimidated. We need volunteers to stop this madness, each of friends and relatives who fit the bill. Several of my clients just got out of TDC and they've already volunteered. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Several of my clients, criminal clients, just got out of jail. TDC. <laughs> That's the department, uh, Texas uh, Department of Corrections, ladies and gentlemen, and they have already volunteered. It's a shame that this man is uh, offloading their civic duty into uh, schemes of unconstitutional and illegal activities. Isn't that a shame? This, this lawyer literally, literally, big picture, take a step back, get a perspective. Big picture had these criminals commit a crime, ladies and gentlemen. Because there was there was election poll intimidation. The affidavits from the King Streeters, remember? That's insane, y'all. Now, this is Houston, Texas, guys. Does this kind of sound like Philadelphia, Detroit, United States of America 2020, 2022? And let's not forget about Kid Sister 2021. We had botched elections in 2021 also, guys. We documented all of that stuff here. Well, not all of it. There's like so much data, but we documented as much as I could on all of those stories. Pretty insane, isn't it? I'd say so, guys. I'd say so. This is like a microcosm to the macrocosm of what's happening in our nation with these, uh, these elections. I don't know what word to describe these because they are more than stolen and they are more than rigged. They're manufactured. You know, they're not stolen. They're not rigged. This is, this is like, there's this entire process. It's like they have SOPs. You know, and those SOPs worked perfectly fine until the American people showed up in numbers that they could not, they could not account for. They are like, they had to scramble. Why do you think 2020 was so sloppy? You know, and in the process, we're exposing all the corrupt judges. And let's not forget if we show up to vote on election day and we manage to get some of these machines out. No, no, no. If we break the numbers and we don't allow them to do all this stupid counting of ballots, you know, like for days on end, you know, while they stuff the ballots as they count the winners ballots. Right. To either to either diminish the size of the uh, diminish the size of the, uh, the the blowout or to to attempt to steal it. Either way, that's their double-edged sword on what's going on in Arizona and Nevada right now. You know, they're going to take all the sail out of their winds of the people over there if they can, right? I'm praying for the strength of everyone around this nation right now to find that resolve, ladies and gentlemen. And as President Trump said, get loud about it. This is not the time to tuck our tails, ladies and gentlemen. Now is the time to scream, shout, affidavits, lawsuits, act, 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 action. 
Now, I don't know if I can legally direct you guys to action, but you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Anyways, you guys, you guys, well, you know, I say you guys, of course, that's generally everyone out there in the audience, right? Okay. All right. Hey, mighty Jaime, welcome to the show. And thanks for uh, inserting your comments there. Um, I appreciate you hanging out, sir. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, continue on with this. Yeah, I wouldn't really be affected by a comment like that because I understand what's really going on here. So little comments in the mainstream media is not really going to deter me much from my my uh, momentum, I guess you could say. Anyways, notice how attorney Washington says that his clients that have recently gotten out of the TDC, that would be the Texas Correctional Department, have volunteered. Why do you think violent felons would be so eager to volunteer for him? curious, isn't it? Then there is former and soon again to be state representative Boris Miles, the same Boris Miles that was accused of threatening people with a gun in 2007. According to poll watchers, Miles entered an early voting place and began loudly proclaiming that he was there to help anyone that needed it. After being ignored by the voters, he threateningly announced that he would be back the next day. <laughs> Stupid. After being voted out several years ago, Miles won the Democrat primary to once again run for the state's reps seat in inner city district 146. Miles does not face an opponent in the November 2 election, so he is the de facto elected official at this point. The fact is, though, that a candidate may not hang around polling places unless they themselves are voting. This amounts to electioneering, and they you guys saw the uh, Project Veritas videos on that. Uh, Beto was doing that. There was a story out of Texas on that, guys, Lone Star State News. Uh, you know, all of this stuff, guys, like, they all do it. They all do it, you know? It was even happening in Ohio, but it was the rhinos who were doing it there, I think. The fact is, though, that a candidate may not hang around a polling place. This amounts to electioneering, and Miles' rant about helping in the poll polling place also amounts to voter poll official harassment. Miles has launched his own personal campaign against the King Street Patriots. He has spent a lot of time on inner city radio pushing the whites intimidating blacks vote voters meme. On the air, Miles is claiming that whites have pushed elderly black women at polling places and has said that the streeters are sponsoring busloads of paid mercenaries. Who do they think they are? Who does he think they are? The uh, Nazis in Ukraine? Right? Does he think they're the Zelensky government? Anyways. Anyways. Let's stay on track here. Busloads of paid mercenaries to come into the inner city to harass black voters. Miles has also appeared at Democrat poll watcher training sessions. Session witnesses said that Miles was heard telling his supporters that there is an anecdotal evidence of voter suppression of the black vote being perpetrated by the King Streeters. He said elderly women were spat upon, pushed, and voters intimidated. Additionally, Miles has been heard telling his male supporters that if they feel intimidated, they should react with violence if necessary. Miles reminds his supporters that a man's gonna do what he has to do in order to protect elderly women voters that are being harassed by King Street poll watchers. What else could he mean but that his supporters should resort to violence? It is certainly easy to assume that Miles is inciting his 
supporters. It should be pointed out that streeter volunteers are generally retired folks or nearly so, many of them. Obviously, it's very threatening to have a 60-year-old woman watching clerks at a polling place, isn't it? The thing is, with all the uh, hyperbolic incendiary charges that Boris Miles has so liberally thrown about Houston, he has presented no proof whatever to substantiate it all. One would think that all the extremely racist, un-American activi activities that Miles is claiming that the King Streeters have engaged in would require proof, if for no other reason than to prove that Miles himself is not simply a race-baiting blowhard. Sadly, it does not seem that anyone is calling for this hypocrite to present any proof to substantiate his wild-eyed claims. All these attacks against the King Street Patriots and their True the Vote initiative proves a few things, though. These grassroots all-volunteer patriots are truly making waves in the normally Democrat-locked city of Houston, Texas. It also proves another thing. Democrats do not like the bright light of public attention shed upon the dark electoral corners that have created in, they have created in order to continually steal the vote in Houston. All right. Is that not an interesting article, guys? Uh, let's get a timestamp on that. Again, this is October 31st. Previous one was October 30th, 2010, y'all. These articles are more than 10 years removed. And isn't it interesting how clearly they ring out today in the situations that we face? Okay. Oh, we're saving that for next time. Okay, and let's see here. Okay, so here's another story. Uh, this is uh, the left's war on truth. Oh, you know, we might have already gotten this one. No, we haven't. Okay. Uh, so this one talks about another assault that True the Vote was facing from the left. Now, again, this is this is Catherine Engelbrecht back in the day, guys. This was Catherine Engelbrecht back in the day, 10 years ago, 10 years ago in my state of Texas, guys. I had no idea this was going on, guys, back at that time. Uh, so let's take a look. So it says here. How could so many people blindly believe and commit to their leaders' narratives? <laughs> How can so many Americans actually think a photo ID requirement is somehow akin to white sheet-wearing Klansmen lynching Black Americans? You guys remember Georgia? You guys remember Stacey Abrams? You guys remember HR1? You guys remember voter suppression and all of the uh, woke eight companies and uh, businesses that, and corporations that left Georgia because of their uh, uh, election efforts there? Yeah, this is 2010, guys. Houston, Texas. Okay. So, uh, and this is actually, these are Catherine Engelbrecht's words. She wrote this article, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here real quick. Okay, so this is a uh, 2012. Oh, okay. This is not written by Catherine Engelbrick. It's written by someone named Brandon Darby. Okay, uh, but 2012. 2012. Good to get a timestamp on it. All right. Goes this way. Uh, many of us on the conservative side. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
questions, 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 right? Questions. We were asking questions. How can nearly every single left of center media outlet make such unfounded and extravagant claims about true the vote being an effort to put black people back in chains? These questions can best be answered by pinpointing exactly when the left's war on true the vote the, and the group's founder, Catherine Engelbrecht, first began. The left establishment's attack began in a full assault, in a full-on assault. There is no warning shot over a bow and no effort to communicate or negotiate differences. The year was two. Oh, let's do it like this. Picture it. 2010, Houston, Texas. The Democrat Party of Texas and the Acorn Front Group Houston Votes filed lawsuits against True the Vote. Though the lawsuits were a, a direct response to True the Vote's efforts to call out apparent irregularities in their local Harris County Houston election and voter registration processes, their lawsuits came as an assault on True the Vote's nonprofit status. It was a collateral attack using one pretext for lawsuits when their disagreement stemmed from another reason altogether. Though the lawsuits chose the indirect path, the left of center media outlets went straight for the target allegation. They alleged true the vote stemmed from the racist Tea Party movement and was an effort to marginalize or otherwise prevent communities of color from having a voice. Al Sharpton and MSNBC Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, with the help of the Houston Chronicle and local left of center news stations, they're all even even the conservative ones, even the ones who are right of center, they're all establishment. We know that, though. I'm, I'm not talking to the core audience. And it says here, the uh, and the Huffington Post, to make matters even more dire, were among the many who immediately attacked in a coordinated manner. What had True the Vote done? What crime had they committed to receive such attention? They had simply pointed out the irregularities in voter registration submitted by ACORN's front group. Houston votes and irregularities in Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee's district. It was egregious, guys. Like most Tea Party movement inspired groups. Again, there's that label. Houston's King Street Patriots began to actually get involved in the political system rather than simply gather and protest. The groups decided in 2009 to volunteer at polling places and participate in service, right? Many of the group's members began to realize that the polling places and election judges who depended on community volunteers were not receptive to all volunteers. They wanted Democrat volunteers. The group soon learned why. There were instances of election judges who told voters who they should vote for and who they should not vote for. Many voters were allowed to vote without any form of identification at all, a clear violation of Texas law. Engelbrecht and her King Street volunteers decided to do what the left seems to hate. They decided to snitch. Over 800 signed affidavits were submitted to the appropriate authorities detailing the ethical and legal violations the volunteers had encountered. Engelbrecht decided her volunteers needed to better understand the election and voter registration processes and see if such problems went deeper. Her volunteers decided to submit an open records request and look at the voter registrations from the previous 30 days. What they found 
was shocking. There were a high number of regularities from the registration submitted by one group, Houston Votes, the ACORN-affiliated effort. Engelbrick's group snitched yet again, submitting their findings to the appropriate local authorities. The local authority tasked with election matters was the Harris County tax assessor and voter registrar, Leo Vasquez. Vasquez's office investigated and presented his office's findings to the public they served. Among the many concerns and findings Vasquez announced in a press conference on August 24, 2010, that his investigation of only 24,000 registrations, the number of registrations from the previous month, only 7,000 of them were new voters. He stated that the other 17,000 were problematic. He stated that Houston Votes was the registration arm of Texans Together Education Fund and served as the area's new ACORN organization. Vasquez went further to state evidence shows that the Houston Votes and Texans Together organization is conspiring in a pattern of falsification of government documents suborning of perjury and a deliberate effort to overburden our processing system with thousands of duplicate and incomplete voter registration applications. Does this not sound like 2020 and 2022? Was Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote a model for what we're doing now? And if so... Well, I'll keep both sides of the coin perspective for a see in the dark episode or something. Anyways, getting back to this or, or maybe for later. Tonight. Okay. Such discoveries led Engelbrick to form a nonpartisan effort to research and shine light into our nation's voter registration and election processes. She and her volunteers formed True the Vote. Concerned over the issues found in the one month sample of 24,000 True the Vote decided to look at the local Harris County voter registry as a whole, all approximately 2 million registrations. In a previous piece I wrote for Breitbart.com, that's this, uh, we'll say his name again. Uh, uh, the writer says they outlined True the Vote's findings and the peculiar issues surrounding Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. After the registry was divided into the seven congressional districts which Harris County encompasses, True, the vote needed a starting point to isolate red flags for possible irregularities. They decided to start looking at registrations that had addresses of six or more people where they were registered to it. The group found the seven congressional districts had four that were predominantly Republican and three that were predominantly Democrat. The four predominantly uh, Republican districts had a range from 1,973 to 3,300 instances with six or more people registered to one address. The three predominantly Democrat districts had much higher numbers, though this could possibly be attributed to variations in socioeconomic factors between the predominantly Republican and predominantly Democrat districts. What the group found next was alarming. The predominantly Democrat districts themselves had large variations between them in the number of instances with six or more registered voters at one address. The first had 7,560, the second had 8,981, and the third 
District number 18, the District of Representatives, so to speak, Sheila Jackson Lee, the prominent, outspoken Democrat congresswoman. She had 19,596 instances with six or more voters registered at one address. Ladies and gentlemen, I had no idea that District 18 was made up of Mexican families and uh, Asian families, right? Where you have all these extended families living together. Well, and here she's defending the Blacks. She should have been defending the Asians the whole time, ladies and gentlemen. What the heck? You need to represent the uh, people that you... Uh, yeah, I get it. Stigma and... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, you know. Right, 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 right. We're not always politically... We're never politically correct here at the C-Report. What are you talking about? Anyways, okay. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, because it's ridiculous that she had 19,000 plus... Uh, uh, arrangements in her district. A and you saw the egregious numbers from the other Democrat districts. And you also saw that present in the Republican districts. Okay. Eh? Okay. All right. We all together here. Thank you guys for hanging out tonight. I appreciate you. Love you all. And uh, again, happy Veterans Day today, guys, as we uh, we're we're, re we're we're retelling these stories, guys. I've never told them, you know, half this stuff I never even knew occurred. And I think it's important for where we are today and also in light of the uh, of the uh, what is it called, guys, again? What kind of a war are we in? We're like in, a, in an abnormal type of warfare here, guys. You know, I think mean, boots are on the ground right now and uh, the the battlefront. The war that has a thousand battlefronts, elections, the elections, the elections. You know, it's a root, guys. It's a root. We have no freedom. We have no liberty. We have nothing. Nothing. That vote is exactly what that represents. And if they have blatantly stolen it in front of us, I mean, how much more salt do you want in that womb? You know, how much how much higher do you want that wedgie to go, guys? Like, seriously, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm just I'm just expressing myself here. But anyways, OK, um, <clears throat> let's take a look at this, guys. Sheila Jackson Lee, guys, what a piece of work, right? The group began doing research into the abnormalities in Jackson Lee's district. They took the first three thousand eight hundred registrations of the flagged. 19,596 instances with six or more registrants at one address and began to investigate further. You see, Sheila Jackson Lee was, was um, what she was doing is she was, um, she was uh, stuffing or stuffing. She was, she was stuffing her voter registration. She was, she was um, buffering it, blanketing it. You know what I mean? She was, um, she was building it up more than it needed to be. Because you never know, she might need those extra some thousand odd phantom votes to fill in, you know, uh, whatever the digital numbers say they require to have a real voter's name in its place. Even if they're 100 plus years old, even if six of them live on an empty lot, right, they still need at least to have a name to to carry over the uh, carry over the um, illusion of legality. Right. The subterfuge. The subterfuge of legal elections and uh, lack of stolen elections officially broke when we broke the algorithm in 2016. You guys, I hope we appreciate that. 
they are they are totally in the light now, guys. And it's only because of the fake news media that we feel like we're in a losing battle. And all of the elements that surround that apparatus, meaning the people who the people who uh, the people who actually, um, you know, power the apparatus of the fake news, you know, and then all the other little elements are happening around that, too. Right. So uh, interesting that. Let's get into this dissection, though. The group began doing this research. OK, so they took three thousand eight hundred of uh, the first three thousand eight hundred registrants. OK. And uh, the group visited addresses and scoured property tax records. The group found many of the addresses were vacant lots. Oh, my goodness. Am I clairvoyant or do I just know their standard operating procedures? So we're pretty used to it, guys. Uh, the group visited addresses and scoured property tax records. The group found many of the addresses were vacant lots or business addresses. 39 were registered at businesses and 97 of the addresses were non-existent. 106 of the registrations revealed the same registrant registered more than once and 207 of the addresses turned out to be vacant lots. What is this called, ladies and gentlemen? What is this process called? We know this. This is called canvassing the vote, canvassing the vote. What have we been doing in America behind everyone's back for the last two years? We've been canvassing the votes. We can't announce canvas guys because then they sick their attorney generals and their secretaries of state and their county clerks and their local media on us. That's why you don't hear about them until they're breaking the results, you know. Um, that is canvassing the vote. I swear it's like, you know, Engelbrick set the entire model, you know, but no, this is just the way it was. And I guess there are not enough eyes on this story or they hadn't stolen an election outright in front of us. So, uh, I mean, well, I mean, there's always Hillary Clinton, but she didn't win that. And everyone knows that. Okay. Um, it goes on to say, meanwhile, 595 registrations had registrants with driver's license addresses not matching the registration, and many were voting in a district they did not live in. Of the random 3,800 registrations from Jackson Lee's predominantly Democrat district, 25% had critical errors. This was true the vote's crime. They found irregularities in Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee's turf and an ACORN-affiliated group and told on them. The left establishment responded with all-out war. The lawsuits filed against True the Vote did not address these issues. MSNBC's Al Sharpton did not address these issues. Each and every left-of-center group and outlet from the Houston Chronicle to the Huffington, Huffington Post did not address any of this data at all. Yeah, I've seen that happen before, right? When they black out data, like they uh, they blackball it, they sequester it, they censor it. So uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, guys. It says they simply attacked True the Vote as racist. Such clear efforts to deceive Americans and obscure truth are an ever-present reminder that a group of liars can say something enough times and it becomes truth if left unchallenged. Get loud, ladies and gentlemen. You guys know exactly the score about what happened out there on Tuesday. 
all of the evidence is coming in guys. And I feel guilty because there's so much I haven't been able to share, but you know, we need, I, I thought we needed this guys. We needed to kind of take a step back and get this perspective and what better way to do it than through this recorded history documented, documented uh, of, uh, of, of someone that, you know, our movement has come to trust, ladies and gentlemen. And, and here is more fuel to that. This is a track record, right? This is a pattern. But wait, there's more. Anyways, okay, so let's get... <laughs> but, but notice this, guys. What does it say? If someone lies long enough and loud enough, it becomes truth if left unchallenged. The left of center effort to hide the irregularities of our nation's many acorns and Sheila Jackson Lee's has grown into involving the United States Department of Justice, Eric Holder, the Congressional Black Caucus, Elijah Cummings, the NAACP, and now political ploys from the United Nations as they monitor our elections to ensure conservatives do not marginalize black voters. As confusing and controversial as the fight over election integrity has become, sometimes it is helpful to look at the roots of the conflict and how it all began. Does that not sound like a little bit of wisdom, guys? And I know this uh, this phrase is floating around out there too, right? The further back we see, the farther into the future we can tell, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, awesome, guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ooh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So uh, I got a little treat for you guys, as if though this episode were not a treat in itself. Uh, let's see here. Um, we have an interview with Catherine Engelbrecht and this, so we're, we're staying on the true, the vote and the, uh, King street Patriots scene, but now we're going to jump up to 2016 and the presidential elections and 2020 and the presidential election. So we got some backstory on the vigilance that this grassroots group has held in Houston, Texas, in, uh, Harris County. Most one of the most corrupt counties in this state, and uh, now we're gonna we're gonna jump forward to uh, uh, some other developments with Catherine Engelbrecht and also uh, with um, what has been occurring since President Trump has been on the scene, basically. So for that, ladies and gentlemen, let me go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get Catherine back on the screen. There we go. Hello, Miss Engelbrecht. And then let's go ahead and uh, get this guy rolling. Um, all right, guys, uh, it's a it's a short interview. It's not too long. And uh, they are discussing the events of uh, 2016 and elections specifically. So uh, from true. Enjoy. Pardon me. Let me get this thing set up the best way possible. OK. Oh, there we go. It's that one down there. I see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. I'm going to put this right here just to make sure you guys hear it. Come now. Ready? Perfect. 
Catherine Engelbrecht, who's on with us from True the Vote, where she is the president. And Catherine, there's been a lot of talk in the news about uh, recalls and recounts and uh, whether or not there's been any amount of voter fraud. And uh, Trump is now firing off a bunch of angry tweets about it. But I want to start with the fact that Donald Trump said that potentially there were millions of votes for Hillary that were illegal. Uh, What do you think of that? You know what? I I think um, I think we don't really know. We put out a statement shortly after uh, the uh, president-elect's comments came out and said that we support the the belief that there, in fact, could have been millions of illegally cast votes, and we are doing tremendous amounts of research to try to get to some of those answers. But um, we set we set ourselves up, Alex, in a system where we you know. For a long time, nobody's wanted these answers, so questions haven't been allowed to be asked, and that's the paradigm that we now have to shatter. And so do you have – and you did put out a statement that we covered at Breitbart yesterday that was yes, – uh, You're welcome. Uh, that, that was quite um, – uh, it was quite a popular story. And you say that we don't really know how many illegal votes were cast. Obviously, there's a certain amount of illegal votes, but millions is quite a broad claim by Donald Trump. And and we know that he's prone to uh, emotional tweets and things like that. And uh, you don't think that this could potentially be one of those instances? You think that really there could be millions of illegal votes? You know, it's uh, – I, I really I, – I think so. I think so, yes. And here's why I think that. Fraud, you know, we, when we talk about fraud sort of in sound bites, we often sort of get caught up in, oh, the dead are voting or people are being bussed in. And, and do those things happen? And, sh- and are those all worthy of debate? Absolutely. But the real problem that we face is that fraud has, has been institutionalized. We have set up processes that allow for, for non-citizens, but among other ways, but non-citizens certainly to flood into our roles. And that's just one of the ways that we set ourselves up with, with the potential for illegal votes. I think that, that we are at a place now where we have an opportunity to have sane conversation about the deconstruction of our process and the, the, the examination of the sieve that we've created and, um, and better ways to go forward. But you yeah, know, and, and right, and 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 and, and this is why I wanted to highlight it at, at Breitbart because the bottom line is is that I don't know the answer to this, but yet you've That's got right. places like CNN, the Clinton News Network, that is reporting emphatically that Trump's claims are false. That there's no way there's been millions of illegal votes, and. Here's the bottom line, Catherine, is that I I don't trust the government to do anything. uh, And we've got 350 million people in the country. We can't get a straight statement on how many illegal aliens are in the country, for example. Uh, We know that there is – the hackers seem to be one step away of the government if there was any hacking. I'm not saying there was. I'm just saying that there are just so many ways that there could have been illegal votes. Uh, I I still have – uh, uh, nightmares about the Al Franken, uh, Norm Coleman race, where just magically hundreds of votes turned up in a man's trunk. And that gave not just that Senate seat to the Democrats, but they gave Obamacare to America because that was the 60th and deciding vote. And then for CNN to just act like this is just just to declare it false without doing any reporting uh, on it and without proving anything is that is something that I'm concerned about. Well, and, and rightfully so. 
the the amount of vitriol that has come at our organization and board members as a result of of this this discourse, this exchange of ideas, uh, is is nothing short of stunning. I have we we and it and it begs the question: how how close to the bone must we be to engender that kind of outrage by those who would oppose this idea that hey, let's just take a look. You know, let's let's just let's just see how how deep this problem really goes. If you want an answer, I mean, if it's so easy to to you know be a CNN right to affirm that there are no uh, no concerns to be had about illegal votes and that non-citizen voting isn't uh, something that we should look at, then let's let's get CNN to ask the federal government to show us how they can conclusively discern, to tell us that that non-citizens. Uh, aren't registered, and show us the process that they use to screen the federal registration applications. They can't. Why? Because they don't. And when states ask to, they get sued. We've institutionalized the fraud. We've made it this taboo that no one's allowed to speak about because yes. this is what happens. It's a it's a political minefield, and only I mean it's not for the faint of heart. But somebody's got to walk through it, or at some point. We're going to find ourselves in a banana republic where votes really don't matter, and then you can't unring that bell, and we're perilously close to that point now. Yeah, I think this is the key point, Catherine Engelbrecht. Is it, to be honest with you, I think a million's a bit extreme, but that said, I'm not going out there and reporting it as a fact or not a fact like CNN is doing. I'm going out there, right. I'm talking to you. We're going to entertain all sides on this until we get to the bottom of it. But here's one thing I do know, is that the government uh, has estimated that there were 11 million illegal aliens in the country in the mid-2000s. Uh, that's, you know over 10 years ago, and that's the data that we use as if there aren't any additional illegal aliens who have ever gotten into, into the country since then, or it's been a net zero. So Ann Coulter thinks that number is probably closer to 30 million. And we'll never get the answer to this because the government is not actually interested in it. The Clinton News Network, CNN, not actually interested in it. And I just don't th trust the government's reporting on all this stuff. And so the fact of the matter is, is it's a possibility. And why not investigate the possibility sure. instead of just declaring Trump uh, a, a liar and a fraud? Let's just ask the question. It serves all of our interests. You know, every eligible American citizen ought to have the opportunity to participate in an election that is free and fair to to promote the idea of political engagement and healthy debate. I mean, we, we function better as a country when we are an active and an engaged electorate. But we've got to make sure that when people go and vote, that they, they can be certain that that vote counts and will be counted. I mean, America has among the lowest voter turnouts in the industrialized world. And the reason is people don't think it matters. They don't trust the process. Catherine Engelbrecht is the president of True the Vote. That's truethevote.org. Catherine, what else uh, do you have on, on your agenda these days? Because the election's over. We'll have a couple of months probably of sorting everything out. And then after that, what's, what's next on the horizon? Well, we have a, as I mentioned earlier, massive and ongoing research effort to begin to overlay these data beds of, of using the baseline of voter, voter registration files with uh, sanctuary city grids, on and on and on. The layering needs to go now to really get a full and complete picture of what it is that we're really looking at. Uh, and then from there, we hope to be able to um, 
take that empirical evidence and use it to support common sense reforms at the state level. Our goal is to see states really take ownership of, of processes that work, that make sense. And then together, nationally, uh, we can all rest, uh, rest assured that our votes are being cast and counted in a way that um, is deserving of, of the importance and the sanctity of our vote. What do you think about the claims in this election that there was hacking? Jill Stein's making a lot of claims that there were there was hacking and that it could have been pro-Trump, which sounds uh, it's sort of outrageous to me. But what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, again, you know, if people want to cheat, there's a way to do it. Uh, our systems are so decentralized. We have systems, yeah. you know, in Texas that are still the platform that supports them is Windows XP. I mean, <laughs> good luck hacking that. Right. You know, it, it's not even supported. Uh, there are which is a problem in and of itself. So, you know, does it merit uh, examination? Sure. Uh, again, I mean, bring, you know, bring all, all comers to the party. Let's talk about the problem. Uh, is the time to do that? And, you know, uh, in the 11th hour before you, uh, before the election is certified in a way that would seem to potentially disrupt the electoral college. Well, I, I think that that's uh, you know, hyperpartisan manipulation, but um I think I think the question bears bears asking. It just needs to be asked in the right form. Catherine Engelbrecht, go to truthevote.org. Thanks for joining us today on Breitbart News Daily. Thanks so much. Awesome. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. So there was a Catherine Engelbrecht True the Vote on uh, the 2016 elections. You know. And then, then there at the end, she threw out uh, some information about the machines, right? Uh, Windows XP. The machines don't even support it. <laughs> and that's a problem in and of itself. But, but what is the consistent theme that we're seeing here? Uh, is that when left unchallenged, of course, the bad guys win. Uh, what is that famous quote, right? All it takes is for good guys to do nothing for the bad guys to win. In so many words, right? That's the gist. Uh, Jill Stein talking about hacking. I don't recall that, but I'm sure she did. I'm not doubting her. It's just, you know, it's, it's been like such a long time, but, uh, and plus I wasn't, I don't think I was tuned into, uh, voting fraud back in 2016, right? We, we were more concerned with getting a beachhead back into the executive office, you know, anyhow, guys, excellent. I, I wanted to share that with you guys. Again, this is all just for like a little bit of perspective, a little bit of, you know, taking a step back, looking at how other Americans have fought and have continued to fight. Imagine how Catherine Engelbrecht feels seeing all of this stuff and still facing it, guys. Her and, and Greg Phillips and, and everyone that's working with True the Boat and everyone who is alongside with them, all of us, right? I mean, they must, I mean, but she's been fighting for like since, you know, she's been fighting since I, like when I moved to Austin, I guess is basically kind of when they started in 08, you know, 07, 08. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's a, uh, She's they've been doing she's been doing it for a long time, guys. Yeah, the going gets tough sometimes, but that does not mean that the, the tough stop going right. The going gets tough, but the tough don't stop going. All right. Uh, I just want to uh, share a few more, a uh, few more stories here. Not a few more, maybe a couple of more. Uh, we'll probably call it about 11. So about 20 more minutes, guys. Thanks again for being with us here us being everyone live across the board. And, you know, it's a Friday night. It's Veterans Day, you know. So uh, I think we're having a good time, guys. Glad you guys, I'm glad you all are with us. Hey, Philly Q, what's going on? 
<laughs> yes, I remember Klobuchar and I think Pocahontas, right? They were in that movie, right? Was it a blockchain? Was that the one? I don't remember which one the, the Democrats made. The election fraud, vulnerable um, election machines documentary that the Democrats made. That one. Billy Q says, Jill Stein, Klobuchar, and Pocahontas rang the bell on machine voter fraud. And then they forgot about it, right? How convenient. Here is another one. Uh, this one reads this way. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty, guys. Now we've been in the nitty gritty, but uh, let this serve to uh, inspire some perspective. Catherine Engelbrecht, just voting is not enough. Americans must stay involved and be part of this process to prevent voter fraud. When did Catherine Engelbrecht say this? She said this in uh, 2016 as well, October 2016. October 2016. Okay, cool. So uh, now that that has been situated, it goes this way. True the Vote President Catherine Engelbrecht joined Sirius XM host Alex Marlowe. On, oh, wait. <laughs> I apologize, guys. This is the article to the uh, this is the article to the uh, um, uh, to the uh, interview we just heard, I think. No, it's not. That guy had a different name. No, no, it was this. Yeah. When Marlowe asked for her top three concerns, she replied, first would be all mail-in states, so states that no longer have polling places where everything is handled via the U.S. Postal Service and zero checks and balances. That's number one. Second would be the lack of citizen participation in polling places across the country that don't have the necessary number of people working there, which lends itself to all kinds of problems. And third, I think, would be just the general and rising hysteria that we are seeing now coming at us from every direction, suggesting everything from Russian infiltrators to sure and certain cratering from within due to aging systems. All of that can be remedied with an active and engaged electorate, which is something we do not have, sadly. Marlowe asked for some tips on how people could get involved. The first thing they should know is that they do have a place. There is a place for them in this process. Just voting is not enough. It's great, and I wish more Americans did it, but just voting is not enough. She, re she recommended a visit to truthevote.org for everything from training to ways to get in contact with your state. A quick fix, go and check out your county, your party of your choice or candidate of your choice and contact them. Contact True the Vote. Let them know that you want to participate in elections. There's all manner of ways to volunteer. That would include working on election day in the polls. It could possibly include things we're training for right now. How to be an absentee ballot volunteer. Watching and monitoring these ballots that are coming back in from the mail. Managing from the back end on elections in terms of certifying the accuracy of the election. There are so many ways that citizens can be involved and we're short millions of volunteers every election cycle. Marlowe asked for Engelbrecht's take on a study by attorney and voter fraud watchdog J. Christian Adams. There's another unsung hero, ladies and gentlemen, J. Christian Adams of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 
All right, PILF. All right, Jay Christian, you know this is going to be good, guys. You got some like really strong election integrity people right here. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, she asked, uh, sorry, Marlo asked Engelbrook's take on the study by J. Christian Adams of Public Interest Legal Foundation, which found more than a thousand non-citizens registered to vote in Virginia. Uh, we, with a number of them confirmed to have actually cast ballots in several elections during the past decade. This is covered up by the Democrats and these special interest groups, these lobbyists, a lot of them connected to George Soros. And a lot of them are these big moneyed people who have encouraged a lot of literally foreigners to vote and have encouraged the government to do nothing to stop them. Um, how prevalent, Marlo asked, do you think this is and how big of a threat is it in this current year, 2016? Uh, that was then. This is now. I think there is potential. I mean, now it's way worse, right? That border's been open for over a year. <laughs> I think there's potential for it. All of the brand new illegal alien voters, guys. Can you imagine? Is a big, big, is a potential for a very big threat. Engelbrecht explained that the problem really is that we have no idea how our citizenship laws are violated. The lines that distinguish citizenship and non-citizenship status in this country don't run much below the surface at all. In other words, you can go. You can get a driver's license. They may ask you whether or not you're a citizen. You may check a box. The same is true for the Obamacare forms. The same is true for the food stamp form. You may check that box, but just beneath that box, as your name and as your information gets pushed and pulled into the various agencies, that citizenship, that citizenship marker, that citizenship meta tag gets scrubbed out very, very quickly. We found it time and again. It is absolutely a real thing to worry about non-citizens voting, and it's hard to look at the situation any other way except to believe that it's been done intentionally by this administration. How many voting age people came across that border, ladies and gentlemen, since Biden's been in office? Never mind the children. They're suffering their own tragedies, guys. But, you know, how many voting? Oh, because well, here was here was the main thing. How many military aged people came across that border? How many? Because, you know, some of them are overweight. Right. Which you wonder how the heck they got from like Bolivia all the way to United States border, like with that thing on them. But anyways, that's besides the point. So they're not going to be serving. They're not going to be fighting with the gente. Right. And La Raza, when the time comes, uh, they're going to be at home cooking tortas and tortillas for their family and feeding their husbands who are fighting against America. Right. That's what they're going to be doing. And they're going to be voting and they're going to be organizing all of their uh, all of their amigas and all of their hijas and all of their their abuelas and all of their because they all came across the border, ladies and gentlemen, and they're going to be organizing vote trafficking and harvesting rings. They're going to be uh, getting involved in the election. They're going to be voting. I mean, how do we know that uh, the first you know million or two that came back in 2021 did not vote this year? <laughs> Because they've already been in the country for a year. They've already uh, tagged them. They already know where they sent them to. They know what address to get them. I'm sure they have all that information. I'm sure. I mean, they get, they issued them all phones, guys. Of course they're tracking them. Hello. <laughs> Anyways, let's finish up here, guys. Let's finish up here. Um, <clears throat> Catherine Engelbrecht says, just stay involved. Make the call to the county, to the party, to your candidate, 
or check out truthevote.org and be a part of this process. Be a part of picking up the pieces as they fall, and they inevitably will, in fits and starts across the country. And what have we seen since these words were said? But if we stick together, but if we stick together, the whole thing does not have to go over the edge. We just have to keep working. You better work. That's what we've been doing, ladies and gentlemen. That is what we've been doing. And we carry on. We carry on, guys. Okay, where does that leave us? Oh, I got one of these stories all the way back here. Okay. Uh, I guess I might have missed this. All right, this one got out of order somehow. Because uh, we, we've gone on to true the vote. But this one is a, another King Street Patriots one. My bad. Sorry, guys. You know, the flow. There's got to be a flow. Anyways, but King Street Patriots are working for election integrity. Now the 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 line might sound familiar, uh, but the uh, the circumstances of uh, this one I believe is different. It's another it's another battlefront that they took on. Uh, let me see if uh, provisional ballots. Okay, and okay, actually this is actually this might be very uh, informative. This comes from what is this website? Uh, Renew America. This is from 2011. So I apologize. We're going to jump back five years and then uh, we'll pop right back up to, uh, I think, 2020. Okay. Yeah, I, I was pretty sure I had some 2020 articles with Engelbrecht in here and I'm not. Okay, no worries. Uh, let's look at this. Because again, the details, guys, you know, uh, I mean, the devil's not the only thing in the details, guys. <laughs> You know, quite often in those details, you know, uh, we can find some assistance uh, in, in certain matters. Okay. Well, I guess the devil would be in the details, right? Uh, so uh, this article, let's check this out, guys. Uh, fittingly, Catherine Engelbrick, the mother-wife businesswoman heading King Street Patriots, closed the national summit by saying a belt of truth that had been sent to her as a supporter and referenced Ephesians 6. Okay. Texas-based King Street Patriots is committed to one, freedom, two, capitalism, three, American exceptionalism, four, constitutional governance, and five, civic duty. No wonder it was reflexively called racist and accused of voter intimidation in Harris County by the Texas Democrat Party and Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, well, we know this story, guys. So true the vote. Uh, the truth is that King Street Patriots critically important and nonpartisan cause is election integrity. It is inspiring and challenging. True the vote message is set forth at truethevote.org. Election fraud attacks the heart of our political system and threatens our rights as citizens. What will you do about it? In 2009, a group of citizens volunteered to work at the polls in Houston, Texas. We were shocked by what we discovered. We watched as election officials often failed to check voters' identification, disregarded polling documentation requirements, and routinely accompanied voters to the voting booth uh, and told them who they should or should not vote for. Going so far as to fully prepare the ballot, make all the selections, and instruct the voter to press here to vote. Free and fair elections are an American birthright. True the vote is 
an initiative developed by Citizens for Citizens to inspire and equip volunteers for involvement at every stage of our electoral process and to actively protect the rights of legitimate voters regardless of their political party affiliation. Our government was built upon the belief that election results represent the true will of the people. Our election processes were always intended to be supported by citizen volunteers. If you are one of the millions of Americans outraged by the corruption of our government, help stop the corruption where it starts, at the polls. And in instances like Ohio at the Secretary of State's office, actually across the nation, right? in the Secretary of State's office. Mm -hmm. Sign up right here, right now. Let's work together to true the vote in every election across our nation. If our elections are not truly fair, we are not truly free. God, I mean, she said that so much more eloquently than I could. That's the colorblind truth. King Street Patriots really believes in one person, one vote, and realizes that election integrity is much too important for the people to leave it to politicians. The True the Vote platform aimed at assuring election integrity is simple and straightforward. Voter registration, a, voter, a photo ID, and proof of citizenship should be required to register to vote. The registration period should end at least one week before an election. States should be required to clean up the registration lists by comparing them with lists of citizens who have died, been convicted of felonies, or relocated. State election officials should be permitted to set up centralized national lists of such individuals. Federal immigration lists of non-citizens should be made available to the states. Felons should not be permitted to register or vote before completing their sentences. Absentee voting. The use of absentee ballots should be limited to individuals who are unable to vote in person, including those who are ill or disabled and soldiers stationed overseas. A copy of a photo ID should be submitted along with all absentee ballots. The signatures on absentee ballots should either be notarized or witnessed by two other individuals who provide their own addresses and telephone numbers. The number of voter signatures any one individual is permitted to witness should be limited. Only voters, immediate family members, and caregivers should be allowed to deliver absentee ballots on behalf of, of voters. Provisional ballots. The use of provisional ballots should be limited to the voters who actually need them. Provisional voters should affirm that they are registered and are eligible to vote and display a photo ID to the election official who then verifies eligibility at the central registration office. Voters who are at the wrong polling place, not a problem in Bear County. Voters who are at the wrong polling place should be sent to the correct one. And I agree with that a thousand percent. In Bear County in 2018 or 2019, they changed that to where you can vote in any dang precinct in any dang city or town in the county you want to. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. We need to fix that, guys. Uh, voting at a polling place. A photo ID should be required as identification at the... You know that they're going to say that's voter suppression? <laughs> Anyways, because they can't get to the precinct down the block. They need to go to, to the next city over? Anyways. A photo ID should be required as identification at the polls when appearing in person to vote. Election monitoring and sanctions for fraud. 
Nonpartisan groups should be permitted to appoint poll watchers. State officials should be given greater powers to investigate election abuses. Individuals who commit vote fraud should be routinely persecuted, prosecuted, fined, and jailed. At present, such prosecutions are infrequent, and jail sentences are almost non-existent. Organizations that systematically engage in vote fraud should be charged under the Racketeer Influenced and Corruptions Organization Act. Hello. Hello. I know that a judge threw that out, guys. I'm pretty sure that's not over. The claim that election fraud is a myth is a lie. Last weekend, the True the Vote National Summit was held in Houston. I want to go to their next one. Based on that summit, it appears that the good work of the King Street Patriots will be emulated across America. And uh, here's some reports on that. Fittingly, uh, oh, we already read that part. So uh, awesome. And uh, here's that quote, since uh, they didn't have it at the beginning of the article from Ephesians 6. It's Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 20. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the a breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I think is the perfect way to end tonight's episode. So to all of our veterans and to all of our unsung heroes in this battle to restore the Republic, I say thanks from my heart to yours. And I bid you all a great night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hanging out tonight on a Friday night veterans day special. It's still veterans day. We got a whole nother hour left here in Texas, guys. I made it. Excellent. Awesome, guys. Uh, you know, I would love to say we're not finished yet. Uh, but who knows these days over here at Mr. CTV? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a great night. A happy Veterans Day. Thank and appreciate. Carry on, ladies and gentlemen. Carry on. We'll see you next time. Be safe and be blessed. 
and God bless America. Have a good night, y'all. Can yeah. you imagine having, you imagine AG having AG that uh, her specialty is uh, getting human traffickers off on lighter sentences? How about we focus on Paul Pelosi's stock portfolio instead of who he's playing whack the wee-wee with and their tidy whities okay? Post office man found uh, going across the border to Canada with uh, a cart full of Trump-supporting uh, ballots. Uh, California ballots for Trump supporters go missing for the military. Next stop, beep, beep, communism. Kind of like Kintanji Brown Jackson over there at the Supreme Court doing her bit with the uh, the pedophiles and the uh, child pornographers. Uh, oh no, 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 rest assured you did not step in to a Mandela effect. It's time for season two of the January 6th Unselect Committee. Whoop-de-doo, right? <laughs> My mind is not what it used to be, ladies and gentlemen. Wait until, do you want to be part of that tsunami, okay? Because if you vote early, you're not part of the tsunami. I'm just saying, encountering illegal aliens in the wild, does that sound too racist for anyone? Thank goodness for the internet, where we're not printing paper. Ah, just kidding. You know, I'm not that kind of uh, tree hugger. It was a total shim sham flim flam. It was almost as if Katie Hobbs was running the nation's elections and just making a terror out of it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com and be sure to follow us on our social medias truth social rumble twitch clout hub and hill.net